out of the what are, what are the fuck out of the places that fucking make dispensaries? Yeah. I'm almost skeptical of that. Like I almost don't trust it, but I know it's probably the safest bet. Some are some dispensaries are better than others. Yeah. Um, GMO okay. weed. It's uh? all genetically modified. Yeah, I worry about that. It's all fucking filtered through taxable yeah. fucking aisles. I know I missed the fucking word I was looking for right there. <laughs> I like, sure hope uh, so. It's, it's <laughs> avenues. Yeah, it's tax, taxable yeah. channels. Yeah. It's sure. like cigarettes Cigarettes or beer. They and cigarettes up. aren't even tobacco. It's all fucking chemicals oh, yeah. and a little bit of tobacco. Yeah. They're lowering the tobacco and cigarettes. They have been. Biden said he was going to start doing that this year. I've been smoking more than ever. Oh, really? Yeah. They're going to lower the tobacco? They have been. Which like, seems wow. ridiculous because not that any of it's healthy, but you would think the tobacco would be the healthier part of yeah. the cigarette. It's, it's a medicinal plant. Yeah, I mean, it goes back as far as beyond recorded time that tobacco had medicinal properties and yeah. you know helps and stuff. And w- at our bodies, like a part of our brain is actually donate. Uh, dedicated to receiving nicotine we have nicotine receptors. receptors yeah right right like the human being has that like and yeah. yet cigarettes are this terrible fucking thing in 2022 well they have been for a long time but you know yeah. the chemicals they add to it just you know i feel it's the same thing in the weed now so when you say they're taking out like tobacco do you mean like they're taking out the nicotine yeah lowering the nick lowering are they going to replace it with some chemical <laughs> Like, who knows, right? They can just up the fucking tar and shit that they already use. <sighs> yeah, my guess is probably lower it so it's so awful they think they're going to quit. Mm. Yeah, they're just cutting it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> is my guess, but... With God knows what. <laughs> well, they spray it with pesticides. <sighs> with some Roundup? With glyphosate? I don't know. I don't doubt it. But probably they have genetically it. modified trees that they're going <coughs> to... Excuse me. That they're going to release into the forest in the U.S., I think, that are genetically modified to resist glyphosate, so you can put more insecticides on it. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I mean, I've been smoking for 8,000 years now. Now I feel like <laughs> quitting. Jesus. I know, right? I wanted to start, like, <laughs> vaping at least. There's a big stigma against it, but I mean... All of the articles I read say it's 95% fucking safer than smoking. So, so I something's tr- got to give. I tried the vaping thing. The problem with vaping for me is I didn't get the same burn, which I know is a weird thing to say. Yeah. But there's something about that drag hitting your throat mm. that I missed with the vaping. Mm. And I just, it wasn't the same for me. So my advice would be, if you're looking to change and this news shocks you that cigarettes are fucking bad, try getting a bag of nicotine. Not not nicotine, um, tobacco, like just natural tobacco. Yeah, I, I have some friends that did that. It'll too. probably be hard to get 100% pure tobacco, though, I feel. Because yeah, trade regulations. Yeah, and somebody always has their hands on it. If there's money to be made, somebody's going to make it, you know, make it profitable in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to quit smoking, but then again, I don't want to. <laughs> if I didn't work, I could do it. It's yeah. It's work, more or less. Like, if I'm sitting at home, I don't really smoke. Oh, okay. It's, it's work, more or less. Yeah, you just need that butt Yeah, break. it's work or up here, like, if I'm f- jamming out and have a couple beers, you know, whatever. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I'm at <laughs> home watching TV, I'm like, I gotta put pants on. 
pants on and go outside. I'm not doing this. <laughs> too much it's work. It's good that you don't smoke inside, too. I've never done, like, I never did that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, I, so um, I had apartments where I did, um, that I was living with a girl, and she didn't mind that I smoked, but indoors was a big no thing, so I just really haven't done it since. You change your paint. It's real. Yeah. It's getting all over the shit, and it's not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's bad. It stinks up the whole joint, your clothes, your everything. Well, that being said, like when I read guitar ads and they're like, this is a smoke-free home, I'm like, oh, now it's missing all the cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, want the, I want the nicotine stains, you know, I want the blood on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty punk rock. <laughs> At least the wiring, like, it has, like, a little bit of resistance on it now, so you can hear the fucking electronics trying to fucking give you Work its way through it? Yeah. It's so vintage. <laughs> Josh, you've been in a million bands. I have. Kick me over some. We'll kick our, the listeners over. <laughs> uh, so my first like real band was probably, I think, 95, 96. It was Blind Spell. Later changed our name to Seven Days Extinct. Uh, it was ex-members of an old um, South Shore band called Circle Hate. And myself, they were older than me. I was a little sixteen-year-old kid. But Circle of Hate. Yes. Is that like black belt related? Or I have no idea. It was so long ago. Okay. I it think wasn't it, like Circle One, was it? <laughs> I think it was just a cool name for them. I, Straight Edge. No. Okay. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, no. I would not have played in a band with them. They would not have lasted even back then. Um, uh, we played a couple shows, but you're. A 16-year-old little punk, and at some point I was like, I can do better. <laughs> They're holding me back. Um, so they I, were. They yeah. were holding you back, Josh. Uh, of course. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't me. It was all them. Um, <laughs> quit that, and then um, did a band called Anyway Forward that gigged a bunch from, like, 99 to 2002, 2003. <laughs> Uh, we practiced at the original Drummers Lounge in Brockton on Montello Street. Mm. We got a call one morning from one of our friends that he saw smoke coming out of the back of the building, and we should check it out on our way to work because me and the bass player carpooled together. Uh, by the time we got there, most of the Brockton Fire Department was out front. The entire building burnt down yeah. with all our gear. We had two rooms. We had so much <sighs> shit out there. We had one for storage. We lost... I think 40 grand, right around there. Oh, um, we were supposed to record, like, the next week. Did a demo on borrowed gear, and we were like, this sucks. None of us, at that point, could really afford to replace everything we had just lost. Dude, so. I vaguely remember that. That would take the fucking wind out of your sails, man. I mean, say what you will, when people talk about this building, yeah, like that place burnt down because a dude was living there who didn't play an instrument and fell asleep on a couch with a lit cigarette. Is that what happened? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, fucking asshole. <laughs> he was sleeping there and he didn't even have an instrument. Well, that, that being said, that place is even, so the room next to ours, the guy didn't, him and his girlfriend, wife, whatever, live there. They didn't play anything. But like he would come over and be like, hey, you want to dip your blunt in embalming fluid? Ten bucks? And we're like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. No. All right. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, I do. What, what, what day is it? We're like, why would we do this? He's like, it makes your brain bleed. You get all fucked up. I'm like, <laughs> we're like, okay, dude, you can you can leave now. 
So it was all crazy shit like that. And like we were recording in our space one night and he came over and the drummer was rolling his blunt. Same guy with the embalming fluids like, sprinkle some of this in your blunt. You'll be back for more. And the drummer's like, what is it? Don't worry about it. <laughs> so luckily my brother-in-law who was recording us was like, yeah, dude, that's heroin. Like, get the, f- what are you doing? Wow. Yeah, those days, like that studio was out of control. Like, <laughs> so when people complain about this place, it could be much worse. We found a dead body. Oh, um, did you really? So. Oh, damn. We were practicing one night. I go downstairs to use the bathroom. Doors locked. Fine, whatever. Go back upstairs. Play. 45 minutes later, go back downstairs. Door's still locked. I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, all right, maybe somebody locked it accidentally when they left. Yeah. Pick the lock, see a dude's bare leg. I'm like, oh, sorry. Close the door. I'm like, that, I'm like that's weird. He didn't react, but okay, maybe he's embarrassed. I don't know. Go back upstairs, pee out the window. Like an hour later, I go downstairs. There's like a crowd around the bathroom. I'm like, dude, this, this dude's been in the bathroom for like three hours. Oh, wow. I'm like, all right. Uh, you know, fucking I, old bare leg. Yeah. Hanging I'm, like, out the fucking <laughs> I'm like, I pick the lock. I'll pick it again. The dude OD'd mid shit. <sighs> Pants around the ankles on <coughs> on the toilet. Damn. So the dude who had the heroin and bombing fluid comes down. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> he's not dead. He's just fucked up. Grabs the dead dude's arm, pulls <laughs> him off the toilet. At this point, he's in rigor. So he falls on the ground, like still in shit position jesus christ so everybody runs away gets in their cars and drives home leaves <laughs> me and my buddy jay to like with a dead body going oh what the fuck do we do oh like, no we pretend we're from brockton but we've never dealt with the dead body before <laughs> um so we had to like call the police and like sit there we're trying to get a hold of the dude dave murphy who owned the building to give him a heads up that there was a dead dude on the toilet couldn't get a hold of him oh wow so the cops we had to sit there and the cops were like do you know we're like, we don't know this dude he could have yeah. come in off the street like it was sure. yeah those times were crazy that's terrible i laugh but that is terrible <laughs> It, it's it is terrible, but it was funny at the same. I mean, there's only so many times where you're like, I can talk your band rehearsal studio. There's only so many times you can hang out in Brockton. Yeah, and, you know, and not find a dead body. Not find yeah, a dead body. I can see some shit for sure. Uh, so there was. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> there was that. Um, then I did a band called Rated Eighties. That's cool. Um, so at the time, like I was trying to get out of the metal hardcore thing, uh, so we were doing kind of more ACDC. Like we made it a point to play like straight ahead, not metal, just kind of classic rock, sure. power rock. Yeah, and we were trying to learn how to write songs. Like we could play, but we weren't good songwriters. So we would buy CDs of bands we didn't like. So like Jet was a big thing back in the day. Interesting. Not a big fan. Yeah, sure. But they knew how to write a song. So it's we an were, interesting approach. We are kind of trying to figure out, coming from like hardcore and metal, we didn't really understand like verse, chorus, verse. Like we were trying to actually figure out how to write <laughs> yeah. like a proper song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did that. The drummer was older. He really couldn't keep up. Um, so he ended up leaving. So the singer from that band also played bass and drums. So we started a hill country blues band. Uh, So it was him on drums, me on guitar, and uh, my girlfriend at the time, Gracie Curran, with a female singer. Um, So we were playing a lot of shows with that. And at the same time, I was playing in a 
kind of stoner metal band called Torsion with Eric Dietz from League of Pain and Death and Death Before Dishonor. Oh, yeah. And uh, Taras Erbeck nice. from Wrecking Crew and Big Block 454 and wow. 800 other bands he's been in. <laughs> so we were doing both of those at the same time. Um, I ended up quitting Torsion because with the Hill Country stuff, that was called Handsome Wife. Uh, it was weird to play shows, but it was fun because it was actually like cute girls there. <laughs> Not that I could do anything where my girlfriend played in the band, but I, I'm thinking back to a one-two-one band called Tension. Am I thinking of Torsion? Was it a hardcore thing? No, this was after. This was post one-two-one. Oh, okay. Um, so then, Handsome Wife broke up because the girlfriend was also in Gracie Curran and the Highfalutin band, who was getting bigger, and they were paying playing. Paying gigs, like oh, they yeah. were getting like wow. you know seven to eight hundred dollars a gig. Well, wow. we were playing cool shows, but we were getting sixty bucks. So, yeah, you know, she had to concentrate on that, especially because sure. we had to pay rent. Um, <laughs> and then uh, that all fell apart. And then at some point, I found myself in five bands at one time. <laughs> <laughs> Was one of those bands Force a Habit? No, so two members of Force a Habit. So the band Anyway Forward that was in the Drums Lounge. Yeah. Uh, two of those members, the drummer Greg Gillis and the bass player Jay Sylvia, were in Anyway Forward, which was the band that practiced in the Drums Lounge when it burned down. Uh-huh. Uh, so when Force of Habit reunited, they were practicing in our room up here because uh, they needed a spot. It was only going to be oh. you know one or two shows. Yeah. Uh, so when the drummer and bass player were up here and the rest of the band couldn't make it, they would call me. So the last like full proper band I did was Anyway Forward again. Yeah. Um, but as usual, singers only sync bands for me or <laughs> finding one or. Um, so yeah, Anyway Forward was again or was again the last band I was in. But then at one time I was doing. Oxblood Forge, the Electric Sinners, the Gasoline Virgins, Lady and the Dead, and anyway, Forward was kind of starting again in the midst of all that. Nice. So how how long ago was that when you were doing those bands, like uh, Oxblood Forge and Gasoline Virgins? And it's Lady probably and the Dead. I'd say three years ago, maybe oh, four okay. at this point. Wow. It's hard to keep track. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah, I get that, man, for sure. Good bands, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was all accidental. I didn't mean for it to happen, but uh, <laughs> yeah, some of the coolest shit happens accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you you own a bass, and everybody needs a bass player, so you find yeah. yourself in fifteen bands. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um, admire bass players, and I think too. there should be more of them. Yeah, man. So I tried hard. So when I got asked to play bass, Electric Sinners would have been the first band. Um, I tried really hard to be an actual proper bass player like i didn't want to be the dude where you're like oh he's totally a guitar player they just handed him <laughs> a, a big guitar with four strings and he's just plucking along with a pick uh so i spent hours up here by myself just working on using my fingers and like trying to pretend that i was a real bass player so i could actually be a bass player listening and watching like other bass players yeah just ungodly like yes that have been doing it for 50 years mm. and you're just disillusioned you just quit <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, that's admirable. You're like you're very passionate. I've seen you up here for years now, yep. and and yeah, I mean you're up you were up here at one point more than anybody. Yeah, and you're just working, just working on your craft, and so it's awesome. Like part of the whole thing of being all the, in all the bands and being up here, I think I was up here pretty much almost every night of the week. Mm. Uh, was the girl I was dating, Mary, had an older daughter. Um, so when we started dating. She kind of kept those parts of her life separate because she wasn't going to be like, hey, here's a weird dude you don't know who's sleeping over tonight. <laughs> uh, so I would see her every other weekend. So I had essentially two weeks to do whatever I wanted. Yeah. So it was go to shows or come up here and play. That's dope. And if like I'm sitting at home watching TV, I'm like, oh, I could be up there writing a riff messing around with pedals like finding sounds doing whatever like it just seemed more satisfying to me than watching the same episode of the office for the 15th time (laughs) yeah man totally i get that it is (laughs) it's way more satisfying i mean i I would rather be doing something (laughs) not that it's super active to sit there but yeah yeah something and at the time i mean i was taking the train in and out of from Brockton back to Boston, or Brockton to Brookline. Mm. So I always find a new music, and for me, a lot of the ways I learned to play is is not necessarily like, oh, I want to learn that entire song. It'd be like, oh, that guitar noise was really cool. Like, how did he do that? I want to add that into my arsenal. Yeah. And it would just be like a weird little thing, but yeah, it's not a thing you're going to find in a guitar tab, so I would have to sit here and be like, okay, this is makes no sense but this is like how yeah. you make this noise hell yeah dude that's awesome man and in between doing all that like holding down hey a lot of i think that just like i think it gets lost on people that aren't dedicated to music yeah. or, you know or anything you can be dedicated to anything and you find time to do it yeah so you know like full-time job whatever like yeah. you work the music thing in there and you get a girlfriend you work <laughs> you, yeah, work, you I, work around everything i mean luckily for me with the work thing i had <coughs> bosses that were cool enough that if i come came in like the next morning like kind of hung over and a little tired yeah they'd be like yeah i saw on your facebook you played a show last night it's cool <laughs> T- take take an early lunch uh, <laughs> do what you gotta do it's fine Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. My boss plays out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as much. Ugh, no it shit. sucks. <laughs> yeah, what does your boss play again? I forget. He plays uh, New Wave Bass. Mm. He's in a cover band. He's been in a bunch of cover bands. Um, the name of the current band escapes me right now. I'll get it, though. Is that the dude that used to be in, like, Save Ferris or... It, didn't you work with someone recently that was in kind of like a bigger no, ska band? I just um, listened to Save Ferris my song. Did Acc- you really? A- accidentally, yes. <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> I'll be seeing yeah. him tomorrow. He's a saxophone player, and uh, he, he toured with like Spring Hill Jack. Spring Hill Jack. That's yeah, a name yeah, I haven't heard in years. No shit, right? Yeah. yeah, Brian mentioned them like a couple months ago. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, he's teaching now. Um, he's, he's actually doing a commission here. He wants to do a surf thing. Yeah, they were like ska-ish, right? Or were they like real ska? Yeah, yeah, they were a ska band. Yeah, I've never been big on. Ska. Um, they are a ska band. He just went down to Atlantic City with them this yeah. past year. That's fucking cool. Yeah, I, they weren't like ska punk. They were like a ska ska band, Extreme. if I remember. I think they were on the first Hellcat Records, given the boot compilation. Oh, from really? Like mm. Two thousand one or whatever it was. That but. might be where I heard them. That's interesting. Yeah, and I don't know. I've never really been big. I, 
I, I like bands with ele- I only like a couple of bands that have elements of ska in yeah. it. I've never really been a big ska fan, so really. But when you think of Tim Armstrong and Hellcat Records, did you s- do you see that as an analog to the other entities in the music industry? What do you mean? Do you think they pull the same shit? Like it's all business. Like it's fucking very high. It's very quiet. I don't know. You mean like do they put musicians first or business? Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that. I don't know. I have no idea. I've never. Because I know Fat Records. They have a practice where you come in and you sign a one album contract. And then they really. That's how you release. You just keep going back and doing one album contracts. So it's totally for them, like for the bands. <coughs> I don't know how Hellcat does it, but they're kind of big. They yeah. were big. Are they still around? I think they're still around. So you have to remember, like back in the day, Hellcat did. So before the Dropkick Murphys were an Irish band from Boston, yeah. and they were still a punk band from Quincy. Yeah. They did some like split sevens with Hellcat. Like, yeah. They with had, Mike with yeah, the, the they original had, Yeah, with, uh, who was it, Dugan? The, the guy from the Street Dogs now, I forget his last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mike McCorrigan? McDude. Am I butchering? McGonigan. Yeah, something like that. Mike Mick, whatever. He left the Dropkicks to be a firefighter. Yeah. That was his dream, and now he's, the Street Dogs are a great band, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah cool. they really are. Yeah. I actually kind of I like the Street Dogs better than I like Al Bar and Dropkicks. And I, I have <laughs> not liked the, I have not liked Dropkicks since was it Do or Die? Was that the first six in? That was yeah. that was Mike. Yeah, that was, that was Mike. Yeah, yeah, that's the last time I liked the Dropkick Murphys. Same. Oh, I like Al Bar. I like I Al Bar, but I like him in the Bruisers. I don't dislike Al. I don't. Yeah. I no just, one's mentioning fucking Casey. <laughs> well, I mean, he writes everything. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think true. so. He's like I, the main writer, right? They're a great band. They just with like the movies and yeah. the songs it's sporting. It's not their fault. They've just become Gimmick. a, a caricature, yeah. I guess, yeah, for yeah, lack yeah. of a better term. Totally. I, guess. I know some diehards. Oh, there's a ton of diehards. Like all their clothes are fucking shamrocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's shamrocks. Just, yeah, it's just too much. And every time the radio is on around them. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just crazy to think that they got huge, but like the Ducky Boys, I think are equally as good. Dude, and yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the first two Ducky Boys records, awesome. um, No Getting Out, and I forget what the other one was. Um, they were fucking awesome. Yeah, amazing or records. Yeah. They, or people can go listen to folk punk. That's a good comparison, actually. They are like a lot similar to like older Dropkicks. Yeah, like, you can they're, see and they're closer. The they're closer to the street do- or street punk, whatever they called it back yeah. in the day. Like kind of just meat and potatoes. Yeah. Though I think Mark Lind has brought it a little more Bruce Springsteen these days, <laughs> from what I can tell. But um, more power to him, I guess. You know. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing what he loves anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what happens when you get old? What? You Bruce out. <laughs> you fucking boss out. <laughs> not me. Not me, man. Dude. Just just wait till you guys are up here and you're like, who's playing Thunder Road super loud <laughs> and trying to sing it? <laughs> yeah, man. That that was a wicked good time for music. When uh like for the punk scene in particular. Yeah. Showcase showdown. Yeah. I mean you had all those oh, mans. And there yeah. was always matinees on Sundays. I mean, dogs. Yep. Yeah, they were cool. Yeah, yeah, they did every weekend. There was stuff. Yeah, and there were crowds. Dark Buster. Yeah. Like those. Yeah. Yeah, Dark Buster, man. Yeah, those those were always there. Was always crowds. Yeah. It was awesome. No, it was weird. 
it was like the punk scene and the hardcore scene mm. kind of coincided, but separately. Like, yeah, if you were kind of like a punk rocker, you were a punk rocker. You weren't gonna find yourself at one two one. If you were a one two one kid, you probably weren't gonna find yourself <laughs> at like a dropkick matinee. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a very odd, odd time. Yeah. yeah, it was a good time. Though. Yeah, this is true. I remember, I like the first show I went to that wasn't a backyard show was like the Troubles second to last show I think yeah. played in like Doxbury or something Dropkicks played and uh, I was so pumped to go see them and then I didn't recognize the singer it was Al Barr like yeah. Al Barr's first show is and I had no idea <laughs> so and they kind of like they kind of went pirate punk I yeah <laughs> I say the trouble would be like that street yeah, dude. All oh, you know, yeah. The yeah. trouble was yeah. the show. That yeah. was like, did I say that? I didn't say that, did I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like no, yeah that's what made show, me sorry. think. I was like, that's that street punk shit. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was an amazing show though. Like, it, not to be like corny or anything. That show that like changed my life. Yeah. Well, I think my first like real real show was Bad Religion, the Dance Hall Crashers. Unwritten Law before they got weird pop punk. Wow. And I th- there was another band on there. No um, shit. But it was the Dance Hall Crashers when they had the two female singers, which I was kind of the it. second iteration of Dance Hall Crashers. Yeah, we know them. Uh, but Bad Religion was like the first Dude. band that I got really, 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 like when I was old enough to like understand. Like, I, you know, I go yeah. through obviously my dad's record collection, my older sister's record collection. Yeah. But like Bad Religion was the first band that I found. I was like, this is my band. That's awesome. I think that's a great start. <laughs> they, Epi- do a, they do so many things so well, man. Uh, Epitaph, too. Yeah. 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 That dude's a fucking a genius, I guess. Yeah. Business genius. He's, he's a sociology major. Is he? Yeah. No kidding. Greg. Wow. Yeah. Greg. That Greg makes Gen- sense. Uh, not Greg Ginn. That's Black Bar. Greg Gavin? Yeah. No, Greg, Greg Gavin's the singer. Oh, wait. He's, wait, wait. A, he's a sociologist. It's Greg Hurt. Is it Hurt? Are you thinking of Brett? Yeah. Ah, I, yeah. <laughs> so Butcher and everything. Yeah. <laughs> we can spend an episode talking about Mr. Brett. Dude, yeah. Probably could. Probably won't, but we could. <laughs> I mean, you have to figure. Now we should. Between, like, Epitaph... SST, I mean, the, just the small labels that happened back then, it's unbelievable. you got to yeah. figure pre-internet, Facebook, any of that, like, there was an entire scene that yeah. somehow worked out. Word of mouth. And touring, <laughs> touring bands had to read maps, they didn't have GPS, they had to figure out how to get to some dude's basement in Minnesota to play a show. Hell yeah. Was Victory East Coast? Or was that West Coast? Victory was, I believe, East Coast. Okay. So that would have been like Blood for Blood, like the hardcore yeah. label. Yeah, that was East I Coast. I was thinking all these Epitaph, Hellcat, fucking all that shit's out West. Yeah. So I'm thinking of what we got around here, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Victory. Uh, maybe Trust to Kill. So close. They were a little newer. Roadrunner. It was yeah. around that time. Century <laughs> Media. I'm trying to think. There was uh, the label, Quintain Americana, 6L6, Sam Black Church, Curve of the Earth. Oh, yeah. They did. That was local. They did the original Power Man 5000 record before Power Man got signed. No shit. And now Spider from Power Man 5000 is, he, he's like the, a go-to for guitar world or something like that. Why? I don't know. Weird. I th- it must be because of the songwriting. S- it can't be. The Their same. songs aren't good. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's. 
So I'll maybe they're better. So the original power, like nobody that was in the original Power Man Five Thousand, lasted after like the second record. Yeah. So yeah. I saw their CD release at the Middle East downstairs, and it was amazing. Like the first Power Man record. I mean, back then was amazing. If I go back and listen to it now, I'm like, it's I, boring. Dude, somebody was just talking about that the it's, other day. It's I've weird. never listened to it. It's so when I was at, I was at the right age, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, and when I tried to go back and listen to it, I was like, "Oh my god, it's just like a baseline and a dude talking nonsense over a mic." Like, <laughs> it just doesn't. It hold just a, it didn't age well. Up. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, pretty funny. I'm like, dude, Rob Zombie can't. Your brother can't throw you a bone. Come on, man, you'd be doing something. <laughs> that's <better."> probably why. <laughs> that's probably why they're as big as they are. Because fucking Rob yeah. Zombie's fucking. Well, that kid. was the thing with uh, Power Man is he. They tried to get closer to what Rob Zombie was doing. Solo, because they got like all the weird electronic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, Rob was from Southbridge, I believe. Yeah, oh. they're they're both local. I forget from where, but yeah, okay. His movies are gimmicky, but yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I, his I movies, like I always like about 15 minutes of, and I'm like, that's cool. It's and cool then, to see once. Yeah, mm. it's like okay, I can turn on ZLX and listen to your soundtrack of one of the movies. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one's real bloody. I loved the ending of of that. Devil's Rejects? Yeah, yeah. Said that. yeah. That was a dope ending. So I thought the Devil's Rejects was all right because he wasn't trying, like House of the Thousand Corpses, he was trying way too hard to be like bloody, like You didn't shocking. like that? I didn't think it was terrible, but I, I thought he was just trying too hard to be kind of a genre specific. Yeah. The one-liners that stand out in that, are probably the best parts. Like, you know, the shit you can quote. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't you like clowns? Ain't we fucking funny? Like, you know? <laughs> like, I didn't dislike, was it Lords of Salem? It's hard to tell because he stars his wife in yeah, every single movie. A, that was a weird movie. I feel like I have to watch that again. I didn't think it was bad. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad, but it, mm. I guess, like, the vi- like it wasn't overwrought with, like, people being skinned alive and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't a terrible movie. I think, yeah, it was more, like, psychological, yeah. right? I gotta watch that again, because I think when I watched it, I was bored. I just got bored. How but long can you parade your wife around in ripped-up jeans? Exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's why his movies are getting harder to tell which one is which, because it's mm. always her. Yeah. He's doing the monsters. So, I heard... <laughs> I already flopped the monsters yeah. already. I heard it's, like... A, I heard it's, like, just because it's a Rob Zombie brand... Dude, nobody's not the monsters. Yeah, no one's anticipating that being good or expecting it to be good. I haven't heard anybody be like, I can't wait to see that. I mean, that being said, I I can say whatever I want about anybody, but he's done his time. He has his brand. So that's why he can, people give him money to direct a movie because people are going to go see it. Yeah. I'll take Astro Creep any day. Yeah, it's a great great album. Because the guitar player, this is the biggest product, like, what makes me sad like the guitar player Jay Young or whatever his name was in was it Sean I'm not even going to try to pronounce their last name the bass player like the White Zombie as a band Mm. musically they were all awesome musicians and now it's John 5 an electronic soundtrack and and John 5 is an incredible guitar player but I would rather hear John 5 doing John 5 than Dang, Rob Zombie, the yeah. And <laughs> Isn't that how all of his songs go? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> what 
We're going to get him on. We'll get him on. Yeah, we'll shout out Rob, Zom- Rob Zombie. <laughs> he might come just to prove everybody wrong. <laughs> get five million TikTok views because I'm going to show these assholes what's up. And we don't release it. <laughs> You just get angry tweets. We just keep it in the art. We'll keep it in the archive and fucking just hold it hostage. (laughs) That would be fun as hell. Yeah, that was a great era though. Like there were so many other good bands like just popping off. Corn. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I the (laughs) first Corn album, man. Yeah. First couple was different. Never heard anything like it. No, again, it's not a record I would go back and listen to. But like back, like I was at the right time and place for a lot of that you know definitely man i i go back to it once in a while and i still see what made me like it yeah yeah dude i one of the one of the bands that had the biggest impact on me and they only put out that one full length was the trouble like nobody laughs anymore that held up fucking great like i i i listen to that every now and then even now just great I think Quicksand's first mm. record is one I always go back to. Hell yeah. They're so yeah. influential. Like, there's so yeah. many bands that talk about them. Yeah. It's the thing with Quicksand is their time signature. So, like, Tool's time signatures, you know they're playing weird, and you're like, this is Tool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't liked a, the last, <laughs> f- like, four Tool records because now it's just boring as Pretty shit. much. They're like a parody of themselves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I like, I like Angry Maynard, and, like, it's cool what they're doing, and they're all very talented. Yeah. But I sure. haven't liked any, like, first three records. Mm. Awesome. Half a, lateral, half a lateral is great. Yeah. I. Here's yep. the thing about Tool, though. You got all these, you got these dudes, like, very influential. Like, they're all kind of embedded in the industry already. Mm. I don't know how far Green Jelly was, but... Um, yeah, so, but everybody in Tool is also in the movie industry. They're yeah. also... Yeah. Yeah. Before into, they were in Tool. They're also into fucking Thelema. They're also into fucking Alistair Crowd, just, like, yeah. studying Crowley. Oh, no, I, the, the drum pattern on one song was yeah. something... And um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's something on Anima. That doesn't make them, you know, sinister or evil. But it's like that's the message you're putting out to the public. Like maybe making people aware of it. I don't know. Turns people on. Ma- okay. So they're passing it on as an influence, which is respectable. I'm just yeah. talking about musically. Like yeah. Now it's literally Adam Jones, the guitar player, <laughs> kind of riding a muted open E while the bass player does some weird and you name your band you name your band so something so that when your fans are walking around it's pretty much going haha sucker <laughs> you fucking tool have you ever got that yeah uh, yeah oh no I had they're one of my favorite bands of all time like dude those first three albums are amazing yeah they're amazing. <laughs> I go back to Opiate all the time. Opiate's like, fucking phenomenal. Those riffs are nasty. Like, I like my Maynard angry and still yeah. being able to kind of, like, grunt and growl. Totally. Totally. Well, yeah. you got 10-year releases, and then you got Maynard doing, like, three different side projects. Like yeah. Something. Yeah. A Perfect Circle was amazing when they first started. Yeah, the f- that first A Perfect Circle yeah. record. They had fucking Paz. Awesome, yeah. They had he, fucking, yeah, like. Yeah, they had the dude from the Vandals drumming on yeah. it. Yeah, right? dude. Fucking yeah. phenomenal drummer. Yeah, that first good. record's awesome. Yeah. Um, 13th Step was good as well. I also recommend I have, their, their... Yeah, I haven't album. listened to it in years. It's good. It's worth a listen. I never did the Pusifer stuff. Nah, me neither. Mila Jovich was on a track. That's right. The I remember the record. Wait, so you said that he was... Uh, multiple members in Tool were in the 
film industry before Tool? Yes. Mm. Oh, I so didn't know Adam, Adam Jones, Jones, I think he was special effects on Terminator. Oh, wow. I, I, another one of them, I think, also worked in the movie industry. They weren't like weird. They all had careers outside of Tool. Yeah, no shit. I mean, I, I don't know how s- stable a movie prop <sighs> career is, but they yeah. all had careers outside of Tool. No shit. I had no in idea. In the industry, in the entertainment industry, so they already got a lot of guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you got to write me good music to fucking... No. To, and there's to get my vote, so they do that. There's <laughs> only so many times on your first EP when you can say, get that Bob Marley looking motherfucker out of here and you're referring <laughs> to Zach De La Rocha from Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so. Did you like early Rage? Yeah. Separating the artist from the music, Rage Against the Machine is good. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Rage. I think that Evil Empire is underrated. Yeah. When I go back you. and listen yeah, to the first album. record, the riffs are awesome. Mm. But it's like I it's the same like two riffs over and over and over again. Yeah. I think Evil Empire is a much better record. I think it's much more interesting. What's the song Not as after derivative? What's the song after Revolver? It's fucking. So is it Snake Charmer? Is it Snake Charmer? It might be Snake Charmer. They were special when they first put out when they put out that album with the monk burning and yeah the self titled nobody had ever heard anything no like that before yeah fuck that like made me nervous i was like a little kid my friend had it and he was playing it and like it it did it made me it gave me like this nervous energy i was like this is fucking awesome a little scary (laughs) that rebellious energy turned around in this 2020 when they were like fucking do what they say yeah 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 that happened a lot (laughs) yeah that's what the industry does that's true they all did it because of the industry all the actors all the fucking they're all told by the pharmaceutical companies, like, scary. Sure. that's scary. It is scary, yeah. I mean, when they start rage, raging for the machine people were talking about. It's scary when Neil Young... That was such Young, a confusing time, though. Neil like, Young is telling you to fall in the fucking line. Yeah, yeah, It's it seems hypocritical. But then you're hearing about stories in the woodwork and the channels that I'm fucking in anyway where the hippie movement was fucking manufactured. Yeah, yeah. Of course it was. Yeah. Asian provocateurs. And Any movement that happens, even if it's organically, somebody's going to find a way to co-opt it totally. and make it profitable. Fuck yeah. It's mm-hmm. happened to punk mm-hmm. over and over and over again. It's happened <laughs> to metal over <laughs> and over and over again. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Man. I was going to say Freemasons, but yeah. you, you went a yeah. mind-blowing route. Just, like, just to uh, leave it in musical terms, yeah. like any time. So like punk rock, you know, I would say P- Buddy Holly, if you know anything about his backstory, is like the first punk musician who pretty much told the record label to go fuck himself. He was going to write his own songs. Like Buddy Holly was badass. No yeah. shit, I didn't yeah. know that. I have his greatest hits. So like, I, I like a lot of his music. When Buddy Holly got signed, they wanted him to do essentially like country covers. Oh shit! Yeah, because you got to be cash. Yeah, essentially that's what oh. sold. Oh shit! And nobody wanted to hear rock and roll, oh. so he essentially walked out of a label deal, 
his band, like he didn't have a hired band. It was their band. He worked for his dad's company. No shit. He wrote, he was one of the first musicians that really like wrote all his own songs, did all this. So, I mean, back then it was essentially songwriters and you just sang the song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was really a, a early badass. So that's what, awesome. And I then had no you, idea. S- you see what happens to badasses when they tell the music industry. They die in plane no. crashes, right? It's, there's got to be a conspiracy about that, uh, I'm sure, right? I'm sure. Yeah. Because he Dude. was on the plane with, like, what, the big bopper? Yeah. Was Richie Valley on that same plane? Yeah, too? Richie Valens, if I remember correctly. Jesus, Mary. I think Richie Valens was the one that was not supposed to be on the plane. Really? Yes. Interesting. So how does that connect to the phrase <laughs> bye bye miss american pie the death of the american dream where you want to fucking do something for yourself and not for someone else's gain sure the american dream is that you fucking i don't know, you know i never really put much uh, thought into that song but that was about that right it was about that plane crash if um the day the music died yeah. being the one line if you look up the death of any of these individuals, it doesn't bring up a date. It says the day the music died hmm. in their title. So it's like a holiday, mm. like a nationally recognized one. And that song might, you know, I don't know. It could just be something to throw off the fucking trail because they fucking, they just went down in Iowa, cr- like Clear Lake, Iowa or something like that. I know there's a lot of shifty shit that goes on in the music industry and entertainment industry abroad. Michael Jackson just wanted the people to fucking be okay. Yeah. That's all. You know. I mean, <laughs> to an extent, not that I wouldn't want to be famous and have all the money that comes with it. Yeah. But as I get older, I'm like almost happy that I can play music for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Like it sucks. I was to hoping to get here. Yeah. It, it sucks to work, mm. but like I can do what makes me happy. Like the Gasoline Virgins, it's a weird instrumental band that makes no sense. Like we didn't start that band with the idea that we were going to be like, yeah, dude, we're going to fucking. <laughs> we're going to get signed. <laughs> we're going to get signed as old fucking chubby dudes playing instrumental weird punk rock doom. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so. That's awesome. That's good. You used to want to be signed. We all did. Yeah. When do you think that died for you? (sighs) That died a long time ago for me, to be honest. Is it because it's like the fucking lottery? Or is it a turnoff because people have to fucking fall in step for someone else? I just stopped thinking about it. I mean, when I was a kid, yeah, that would have been a dream come true if somebody would have come along and be like, hey, fucking, we'll give you all this money. A guy, in a, <laughs> a guy in a suit? Yeah, sure. You know, I don't, you'll hear, you hear horror stories over the years. I know friends that got fucked over in, like, 360 deals and yeah. shit and, like, yeah. pretty much lost everything, broke up the bands, like, more than a couple. And uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad that never happened to me, you know? I mean, for me, it was weird so like listening to like black flag bad religion all that like all those weird bands pennywise the yeah. like all those bands got big at a certain time and i was like i can totally i don't need to be like i grew up with nirvana and all that shit and they're like we don't need major labels which was all bullshit they're yeah, all yeah, signed they're to major all, labels right, you know? right. it's easy to say <laughs> when you're not you know when you're rolling in dough and have no concerns yeah. outside of heroin addiction yeah um <laughs> But I was like, I can make it, you know, I'm going to get signed by Epitaph. I mean, Jesus Christ. What, mm. what was I thinking? Yeah. I, probably by like 23, I was like, eh, 
I don't give a shit. I mean, basically, all <laughs> yeah, you, you just want to do what you love. Well, back then we needed the means of production. Yeah. Now yeah. it's out of our hands because of streaming. But I mean, dude, to, to like half answer your question, a part of the thing that made me just not even think about it anymore as I realized a lot of the musicians that I respected had a, a leg up. Yeah. Whether it was like a father in the industry. Yeah, somebody knew somebody. Yeah, exactly. Somebody knew somebody or they, they just came from better means so they had the money to have whatever. They could buy equipment and record. They had money to record whatever they wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I didn't have that. Like, I love... No Effects are one of my favorite bands yeah, of all time. Yeah, mine too. Are yeah. they? Yeah, uh, dude, I fucking love Fat Mike and everything he's done No, it's, it's Hanukkah, so me and the, the girl is <laughs> was raised Orthodox, so we've been listening to the brews a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right on. Yeah, no, dude, I, I love them. Like, they're one of the first bands that got me into yeah, punk. Yeah, me too. And, and, and I, I, I didn't lose respect or anything, but, like... You know, his father gave him a big leg up. He gave him like ten grand, I think, back then to like do. His yeah, which label. is like what eighty thousand dollars now. Yeah, or something crazy. yeah, that's not small change. And like, you know, I I envy that. I I don't hate him for it. I'm just like, fuck. I wish my dad did that for me. <laughs> so record labels are tough. But so, he did the work. He did the work. Yeah. Oh no, he definitely. He's, he's did. not an idiot. <laughs> and that being said, nobody else was going to sign half of those bands. Like propaganda. Mm. Like. That's a great point, yeah. Um, but even when I had my own record label, I mean, we didn't really have the money to do it. We just did it because we wanted to do it. But Yeah. I mean, it's it's not easy even if you have the money to do no, it. No, you're yeah, right. You still it's have not. to get people to buy shit and, like, market it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, which we were not good at because we both had full-time jobs and only so much time we could conceivably. Yeah. Uh, put it into the label yeah totally what was the label called uh so i used to do a radio show Thanks, buddy. uh before with my hey wife. you want to just like uh, make more noise with that thing brian oh <laughs> okay uh so <laughs> i'm just kidding uh before my wife mary passed away i actually met her she had a radio call uh radio show called death kiss on wemf radio oh no shit i probably used to listen to that yeah we were it was on friday nights right before sleaze grinder um <laughs> condolences dude yeah my yeah it's it's i i'm lucky we had our time together i mean yeah you take the good with the bad at the end of the day how, what, that was like three years uh years? i remember yeah when it was like about, it was about two years ago yeah uh, so I'd met her on the show, but part I ended up co-hosting the show with her. Um, so we were like, oh, shit, we have all these bands coming in and out. They were all our friends. Like, we should start a record label. Yeah. And we were like, how do we do this? So uh, uh, my friend Glenn, who I'd recorded a bunch of records with, he was the best deal in Boston. It was 500 bucks. You got the whole weekend to record. Wow. Um, that is dope. Yeah, and he did it. He was really good. He just did it to pay for a spot because he did his own shit during the week for nice. his, his own bands. Uh, so we were like, okay, uh, so, so how do we do this? We ended up just getting a bunch of Boston bands we knew. We talked to Glenn, and Glenn was like, every band gets two hours, pick five bands. So the rule was it had to be a song you had never released before. You had the rights to the song. Like, we, we didn't own it. We didn't care. But you couldn't re-release that version of the song for a year because we, we were the ones fronting all the money. So we paid, you know, we paid Glenn to record all these bands. 
I brought all the gear, backlined everything. We wow. had five bands come in. They had two hours. They put down an original song. We spent all the money, paid, you know, artwork, everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Released it, did a release show. And then I think the first, uh, El Mastro was the second record we did, which was a side project of The Humanoids. It was a Boston band. Yeah, wow. And then we did a second compilation that spread into more bands, and it went two days, but same idea, like, we fronted all the money. You have two hours to record an original song. Nice. Just so people would buy it. So we go, oh, give us a song that you've already released. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So like the idea was just kind of to introduce people to bands they may have not heard or. That's beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah, it was. It was a good time. Hell yeah, dude. That's uh, yeah, that's a fucking endeavor right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll get we'll get people in here where we're at strictly media right now though. Yeah, definitely. And well, you know, like at this time and you know, and just in the current climate of it all, like to, to do a label now, it's like you have to do it because you love it. You can't do yeah. it because you think it, you're gonna make not, anything. We, we made no money on it. Yeah. Um, sure. I mean some people downloaded it from Bandcamp, whatever else, but if it's on Bandcamp, it's on Spotify. Yeah. Like, I use Spotify, but I also buy shit. Like, every time I go see a band, I'm like, I don't need another black T-shirt. <laughs> nor do I need this record on vinyl, but I'm going to buy it. Because <laughs> I know I'm listening to the record for free on Spotify, but, like, I go out of my way to buy things. Mm. Like, I know Spotify is a necessary evil in some respects. Yeah, definitely. I vouch that we don't get dependent too dependent on uh, streaming media because one well, day. Well, you can't depend on it. You, know, you can't. Fucking blackouts, man. You're not going to well, be able to. Well, yeah, that's do why that. you got to tour and that's why you got to sell merch and you can't depend on streaming for your money. Well, it's funny, even my girl was like, why do you still have like. 18,000 CDs. I was like, I'm not getting rid of those. <laughs> that's like monetary. That's it's monetary value in physical form. Well, I was trying to explain to her. I'm like, well, this is for man's ruin. Like this actually goes for a lot of money. Nobody I, has this. I was like, I know you don't know who this band is. And there's like 50 people that do, but I guarantee you, if I put it on discogs, I get like a grand for it. I'll get rid of it. <laughs> That's awesome. What what's your uh, pride and joy? What's your first place trophy? This is my prize possession you. record. Uh so it would be this first split between Kaya's and Queens of the Stone Age nice. on Man's Odd Man's rock. Ruin. Wow. Which Queens? So I collected Man's Ruins things before I knew any of those bands. Like High on Fire was on Man's Ruin. No shit. Caius, I mean, not really on it. Uh, Frank Kozik, great artist, kind of same idea, like one album deal. It wasn't like a long-term situation. But I collected it for the artwork before I knew who any of these bands were. That's okay. awesome. Yeah, people fucking highly revere them now. Yeah, they later became an influence on me, but I, when I was young, I collected it for the artwork. That's perfect. Not for the, the bands. Around. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Man, I uh, I love the early Queens of the Stone Age stuff, and Caius. Like, yeah. fuck, man. <laughs> that being said, I 
lullabies to paralyze when he pretty much kicked everybody out of the band after that record. Yeah. I saw him. That's when they just got Joey Castillo. Yeah. That makes so sense. So I saw him, and it seemed like Josh Homme had something to prove. They played for like two hours. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Where, did, where was that? Was that Rhode Island? No, it was whatever. It was the Avalon. <laughs> Oh, is, the, okay. it was, is that what the House of Blues used to be? It was whatever it the House now. of Blues used to be. Or it's where it is yeah. now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that, I liked it better than, man, Avalon and Axis. Well, House of Blues has taken everything over. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, we just had an episode called Ripping It Down, fucking basically remembering the old places. Yeah. Well, they just closed. They're closing the Sound Museum in Brighton now, so there's... 8,000 bands that are now out of a practice spot there. Mm. Which, that being said, if you practice in Boston, you know, eventually that's going to become a high-rise or a condo. Yeah, totally. Unfortunately. Or a hotel yeah. in the Middle East. <laughs> It'd be nice to record those no, the Middle East. No, that Middle East rumor has been going around for 20 years at this point. Really? Yeah, it's not going to happen. My buddy Aaron Gray is the booker there. It's every oh. time this comes up, he's like, it's not happening. Shit, America. Oh, that's cool. Go. That's cool. Yeah, that's been going around forever. That guy makes money hand over fist. He's unless the city takes that from him, mm. I don't think that's going anywhere. That's good. That's good news. <laughs> I just went to a House of Blues a few weeks ago to see Dinosaur Junior. Overpaid for a hoodie, but they cost a lot to make, so you just pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> that what happens. You know what's funny about Dinosaur Junior? Jay Mascus still buys things on Craigslist. Oh, really? Yeah. So no, he no. still is out in uh, by Amherst, wherever fucking North yeah. Mass. Yeah, they're from there. Yeah, but well, he is. I see people all the time. He's like, ah, I had a Big Muff for sale, and Jay Maskus showed up to buy it. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. I'm gonna stop throwing shit on Craigslist, hoping to lure him in. <laughs> I have a very rare Big Muff that I'm like really tempted to put on because I don't really need it. I just that's a classic piece of equipment. So this one they only made ten of. It's wow. the it's the <laughs> same as every other Big Muff yeah. except they I think it's a V two from seventy six, seventy seven. They did the graphics wrong, so instead of having like the red lines and the black, it's reverse. Oh my god. And they only made five <laughs> to ten of them. The fucking misprint. Yes. That's like amazing. Which I had no idea. <laughs> I I bought like an eighty five rat uh proco rat for a guy for like 35 bucks. He was like, I have this Big Muff if you want it for five bucks. I'm like, all right. Wow. Yeah. Threw it in a drawer, had no idea. And I was like, hey, I wonder what this is. It looks vintage. Dude, you, you're you like, a, uh, you, you collect equipment yes. pretty much, right? Unfortunately for me, yes. <laughs> it's become very expensive. Yeah, I can only imagine, man. When did you get into that? When did you start collecting stuff? Uh, Sounds like you've been collecting records and shit forever. So guitar stuff is really early, so... Working in automotives, I worked with a sales guy. So I was probably like 19 at the time. Uh, he was a sales guy because he was bored. Like he didn't need the job. He's a cool dude. He's like, ah, I went to Woodstock and I worked for the CIA. I'm like, this guy's full of shit. <laughs> totally wasn't. Like, he was a hippie that worked for the CIA. Legitimately I thought, believe he, it. thought he was full of shit. Yeah. And I like, <laughs> met his wife. Totally wasn't. 
but he had been buying shit for years. So at one point he had a 86 PRS custom 24. Wow. So mm. PRS Ooh, was eight, wow. starting 85. So this was an 86. So Dude, I didn't even know they started then. Yeah. So 80, the, he made some before 85 was like the official start. No shit. So he was like, oh, do you want to buy this for like 2,200 bucks? <laughs> and I'm like 19. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't really have any bills, but I also don't have 2,200 bucks because <laughs> yeah. I just went to drink underage at the Maui. Fucking uh, fight you for it. <laughs> no, he was like, you can make, you can make payments. He's cool. I That's trust awesome. you. Uh, so then he had a bunch of friends that also did high end gear. So like I, I bought like an old Echoplex tape delay. So I started getting into it then. Um, but back then you could find good deals. It was pre Craigslist, like kind of early, not early internet, but it wasn't uh. what it is now. Like nobody was looking up values and, uh, checking finished auctions on eBay. So you could be like, oh, I know that's worth a lot more money. You yeah. want 30 bucks? I'll be there in a half hour. <laughs> Dude, well, that guitar now, man, that would go for like five to ten. Right? Uh, it's under my bed. Sure. Um, <laughs> so when we were up here with Oxblood. In Rob, disclosed place. <laughs> Rob, Rob Loy was always like, you should bring that up. I'm like, the last place fuck I'll that. bring that guitar is here. <laughs> yeah, fuck that, man. Yeah. Holy shit. I'm good. I bought it as an investment piece even back then. A good um, call. Uh, <laughs> and again, he let me make payments. I was only saying you should fight him for it because he was a hippie and he would have got it for you. No, I have a feeling he put me in some sort of weird hole where he had like a syringe full of something. <laughs> yeah, right. Intelligence, Jesus. Yeah, something fucking weird. Dude, that like that that kind of like relates to what we were talking about earlier with like every movement that like get coerced and yeah, you know something weird. Yeah, dude, the hippie movement was nuts, man. I like. Have you ever heard of the book Chaos? Yes, I don't know of it. Dude, I've heard of it. Fucking a. Like this dude who wrote it did like. 20 years worth of research on it involves like Charles Manson and, yeah. and fucking LSD and the yeah. government. Like, fucking crazy. I mean, LSD was a government experiment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was around the time of like MK Ultra. Or, yeah. Like, right it after was that. Uh, mind control. The idea was mind control. Yeah. Having done enough acid, you're not controlling anybody <laughs> when they're on acid. And they use the chemical compound and visual and numerical and they sneak it into like Toy Story and shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that shit was crazy. It's fucking everywhere. <laughs> Mind control. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's the last thing. I'd be like, I, if I want you to do something, let me give you, like, two hits of acid. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure, that's going to end well. <laughs> no, that that's pretty amazing, though, man. Wait, what else? What else? Uh, what, what's some of your favorite collections? Like, items? Uh, so there's a PRS. So I collected vintage, again, tape delays. So it's... It's not like a delay where you hit the button. It's legitimately three tape heads with a rotating tape. Yeah. Cassette tape, essentially. Wow. Uh, I have a couple different versions of that as the Echoplex is different than this one, different than that one, um, and then a ton of pedals. So, like, it's always amazing to me when I look at the price of used pedals. Mm. And, like, I'm just too lazy to sell things. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, eh, it's not worth selling it. Like, I don't want to meet with some weird dude on Craigslist. <laughs> uh, so I just, I've just sat on to things for years. So I bought the, I started buying things really, really cheap years ago. Um, 
So there was one point, like I used to obsessively look at Craigslist. This was probably like six years ago. It was, I think, right when Oxblood ended up here. Guy had a 67 Fender Coronado II uh, Gibson Explorer from like 1990, 91. Oh, wow. Uh, Music Man 410 RD65. And there was something else there, too. And he was looking for next to nothing. Wow. I think he was looking for like 700 for all of it. Why? So, like, I think I was at O'Toole's and I saw the ad and I fucking emailed the dude. I'm like, I'm on my way. You say you live in this area. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm going to grab $500 cash right now. I'm wow. on my way. Let me know if it's still good. So I'm like, here's my number. I get a text. He's like, oh, you were the first one. You're all good. You're on your way here. So I grabbed all of that. That's amazing. Sold the Explorer the next day for the same 500 bucks I paid. Yeah. And then I think I sold the Coronado, which was a cool guitar. But it had like weird V shaped pickups. Yeah. It was very hippie-ish, like not my thing, but I sold that for a decent amount of money. Wow. Uh, but all the other yeah. stuff. Were they like the Comanche pickups? Like they does like one do boom the G and L ones? No. So these were they looked like a boomerang. It was very strange. Huh. Hollow body. Really? I think that would uh, belong on the explorer body. Rather than the they did make an explorer with those yeah, pickups at I one point. Yeah, I can I definitely see that. No shit. I just, I don't know. I never thought of an explorer as five hundred dollars anywhere. Dude, those things are so expensive. They're getting over two grand now. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think so. Now I have a very small group of people where we kind of buy and sell with each other. Insider trading. Nice. But the idea is, like, if you're not using a guitar, like, you sell it to this dude for cheap money, mm. and if you don't want it anymore, you offer to sell it back to the dude who sold it to you, and if he doesn't want it, you can sell it for That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. So, like, I have a Gibson Firebird, which is not something I'd ever buy, and they're expensive. <laughs> so, one of my friends, he's not a person to half-ass anything, he was like, one day, he was like, what do you think of Firebirds? And I was like, I've never played one. Like, I used to collect Ivanas Icemans, which are kind of similar, but not really. Cooler. Yeah. Well, I was a big Paul Stanley. I had a bunch of vintage Iceman. He's not the cool thing about No, the Iceman is the cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he, instead of just buying, like, the cheap version of the Firebird, he went out and spent three grand on, like, the real deal and crazy thing off a website uh no he actually went in and played it oh shit um yeah if you can spend that much yeah it was the (laughs) it was jay from the gasoline virgin so i we used to we practiced in maynard at the other practice spot i had damn that's a ways away yeah it was a good time it was a fun drive home let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) um so i went up there one night he was like i'm not really digging the firebird you know anybody who wants it i'm like dude I was like, I'll ask around. Like, I can't afford it. He was like, oh, yeah, for you, 600 bucks, you can make payments. I was like, all right, cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. So I have it in my possession. It's gone back and forth a few times. But Do you like it? I can't. The neck pickup's amazing. Bridge pickup can't get to work. It's thin. Uh, it's the mini 
mini humbuckers. They're yeah. not really humbuckers. Okay. The neck is amazing. Sounds great. The bridge can't get really? to work. Interesting. That being said, I also don't want to leave it up here where it gets so cold. The last thing I want to do is have a a twisted neck on a <laughs> yeah. don't listen to him. neck through a guitar. <laughs> don't listen to him. Is that yours hanging up, the Gibson? No, it's my 87 Invader. It's a nice guitar, man. Yeah, yeah but see, that one's easier to deal with. The Firebird is entirely neck through <laughs> with the body attached to the side. Like, you're not fixing that. They hand never. me that thing. Let's get it on camera. Put that thing on camera. It's a nice guitar. Wow. Yeah, you don't have to hand it to me. It's <laughs> a lot of work. Is, is that all right? Yeah, can we take a pee break? Yeah. Pee all break. Right. Collection. And shakers. And shakers. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to fucking use this thing. So the problem with shakers is it has to be the right type of wood. Mahogany makes a different tone than maple. Oh, that Ooh. makes sense. <laughs> You're just kidding. No. But that makes sense. No. <laughs> no, it does. Now that I've said it, it makes sense, but I was just totally. Maraca science. Your maple piece of shit. <laughs> Get a real one. <laughs> yeah, you didn't tell me it was this type of show. Maple's going to be involved. <laughs> it's a plastic egg. Plastic's the best. Yeah, I just need to work on the finish on that headstock, and it'll be good as new. What headstock? The one behind me. Oh, okay. So you're stripping it and redoing it entirely? or I don't want to because the there's a lot of patina, if you will, in yeah. the finish yeah. on the neck, Yeah. and I don't want to touch that. Yeah, understandable. What year is it? 87. That's awesome. Wow. Where'd you get it? Okay. Um, <laughs> a friend. Right. A friend. Are we rolling right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you stole so it. <laughs> you stole it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> those guitars. So the dude from the Electric Centers played one of those, but I think his was all natural, but same style. Those guitars roll. Yeah. Yeah, they're nice, man. His his rig was amazing. So he had like an old Sobcheck Mig 100H, which is a great amp. Had a nice cab, had one of those Gibsons. And I was like, where do you get all I mean, he's been doing it since the early 80s. Um, where he was like, ah, my brother found it in the trash. <laughs> Somebody was throwing it away. I'm like, why does that never happen to me? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's how I found a stereophonic. It had a speaker built into it. And it was just like chilling in the trash. Did I, I see like, that thing? Ah, oh, he might have. It was black, all black. Yeah, I think I did. It was pretty cool. That's how I found a Hammond M3, and that was the worst decision I ever made in my life. You found a Hammond in the trash? Yes. Oof. Because, A, they weigh so much. It took, like, even the M the M3 is not a B3. It's, like, the mini brother, but still weighed, like, a 1,000 pounds. Wow. And then to get it in workable condition was, like, another 800 bucks. And the guy was like, it still needs, like, another $1,000 worth of work. And I was like, cool, I don't play organ. If it makes, <laughs> I wouldn't even take, like, I only took it to get, like, the tube amp out of it to build, like, a guitar amp. Yeah. But uh, the girl I was dating was like, no, I'm going to play organ. I was like, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, let's just dump money into this fucking thing. You're going to start being creepy. Yeah. It's going to get creepy. <laughs> Damn, man. Yeah, it's nothing like having the organ guy come to your house to work on the organ that you're never going to use. <laughs> 
is he from around here? Yeah. Is it, he? He makes a good, li- that's his thing, dude. If you know how to work on a Hammond organ, there's not, dude. it's not like you're going to get your guitar set up. Like, a Hammond organ's no joke. I mean, it's a tube amp. Yeah. You can kill yourself if you, it's like a guitar amp. If you hit the wrong cap in a guitar amp, you can kill yourself. Gonzo. <laughs> Dude, if it's a guy that I met over at the uh, that seafood truck across the street, yeah, have you eaten over there at all? No, it's good. <laughs> no, I don't eat seafood. This dude gave me his card though. Like I, he, I don't know. We just got to talking and told him I was in a band over here or whatever. And he goes, oh, I, I, I fix organs. Oh. It might be the same guy. It I mean, they can, o- they can only be so many. Yeah. Of them, really, <laughs> they can only be one. Yes. <laughs> How yeah. many traveling Hammond organ <laughs> dudes can there conceivably be? Yeah, right. <laughs> they have some sort of weird brawl every night in the parking lot across the street <laughs> yeah. to see who's going to get the work. <laughs> He's like, if you ever get an organ, give me a call. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm on it. That is the creepiest pickup line I've ever heard. <laughs> Hey, man, I got his number. <laughs> I was going to make a piano wire reference, but organs don't use wire, do they? No. I mean, they do for the pedals, at least with the Hammond. Okay. Actually, they might not be wires. They might be bars, but the pedals that go across the yeah. bottom. I really wouldn't know. I had no interest in it. I was just kind of forced into calling my buddy with a pickup truck going, the girlfriend really wants this Hammond. <laughs> So if you can come with your pickup truck, and can we find, like, three other friends? Fucking maybe, shoot me. Maybe some, yeah, maybe some dollies. Drop it on me from the second story window. I'm going to need some friends. That was even better when we moved out. She was like, what should we do with this? I was like, I don't know. You, you're the one that wanted it. Oh, you, classic. You, you figure it out. I'm not fucking moving it. Did, it. did it leave the house? I found a guy on Craigslist, oh. which I... Now wish I had referenced better, um, <laughs> uh, but he was like, "Yeah, he was like, I'll come pick it up if you help me move it." And I was like, uh, "I can help you, but again, this is not a two-person job." Fuck, that was awful. Holy shit! Yeah, those things really do weigh that much. Yo, yes, they're, they're no, they're like fucking oak cabinets oh, with really? a speaker mm-hmm. cab built in. The whole pedal situation in a tube amp. Like, it's a self-contained okay. tube amp. Yes. That's why I wanted it. Because I was like, I'm going to take the tube amp and send it to my buddy and have him make, like, a nice low wattage, like, cool tube amp. Yeah. And the girl was like, no, I'm going to learn how to play organ. And I was like, you don't even know how to play keyboards. Like, this involves, like, pull slides and foot switches. Like, yeah. you're going for a marathon before you go through the ropes course. Like, Fuck what yeah. the hell? Jesus. <laughs> that was a good time. Fast forward, fucking hitting Craigslist up. <laughs> I could have guessed that. I could have guessed that's where that went. <laughs> Thank God, as long as somebody took it. Yeah, no shit, right? The last thing I wanted to hear was from my old landlord going, there's still an organ sitting in front of the house. <laughs> Imagine if it stayed. It's just a piece of art. At that point, I'd be like, yeah, it's an art installation. <laughs> yeah. Just 20 years later, <laughs> like, we... It's a piece of furniture. It's here. <laughs> it, it was a brain tree. It would probably stay. They would all <laughs> complain about it, but nobody would do anything. <laughs> yeah, the roads are fucking... They're not working on too much. What, the roads? Mm. They pretend like they are. 
I can't go anywhere in the morning without hitting a fucking detour. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking up, like, pretty local to me. Turn the water brown working on the fucking shit. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, they yeah. just did that at my house recently. Oddly, they were doing water lines for Whitman, even though I live in Brockton. <laughs> Which, the best part is, so I live behind two landfills. <laughs> Isn't this water from Silver, La- Silver Lake? It no, might this be. Is, I think this is Brockton. I think this is so, Brockton. no, there were water lines that went to Whitman, but somehow went my street in Brockton. <laughs> but okay. I'm not sure how you fix those water lines because I'm assuming they were there before the landfill was there. So I'm not <laughs> sure if they're planning on digging up an entire 600 foot landfill. Oh fuck! Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> you live over by like RC truck or RC uh, battery. Yeah, so you're talking about on Thatcher Massasoit, Street. Kinda. So where all that shit is on Thatcher Street. Yeah, my street. Like where all those woods are, yeah, I know. live the other side of those woods, but uh, on the Brockton side. I gotcha. So I used to pick up that trash on Thursdays. It's Fridays ten, now. Ten years ago. Southfield Drive. <laughs> Shout out Delpreet. Isn't that who you worked with? Yeah. <laughs> Delpreet. Yeah, those car dumps were awesome. RC truck, all of those. We used to break in when we were younger. I don't know why we would steal car stereos, because none of us could drive for another 10 years. We'd be like, sweet. Let alone find a buyer. We need this cassette deck. And we're just going to smash windshields for no reason. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was. Fuck yeah. My mother got a firebird from there. Yeah. She did. I used to go there with a scrap, a friend of mine that did, like, scrap metal, and he had, like, accounts with all the different, like, garages around here and mechanic shops, and he would get their batteries, you know, yeah. buy them for a couple bucks, go in RC truck, would give them, like, the best price. So, I don't know. Bef- before everything went crazy, so catalytic converters, <laughs> the core was, like, five bucks 20 years ago when we would get them from Audi, Mercedes, whatever. Yeah. So we had another dude who apparently was on the cutting edge of precious metals who would be like, I'll give you like $35 a core. So we're like, all right, we can whatever. Give yeah. the $5, write it off, and then we'd be like, ah, we have lunch for the next two months because this dude just gave us 800 bucks." I remember yeah. getting rid of cores. Yeah. There was like three dudes in Whitman that did it. Yeah, it's hard now. The cores where I work are insane. They're more... The battery will be like eight hundred bucks for like a hybrid, and the core is like five thousand. Ooh, whoa, dude! I'm surprised anybody around here has a catalytic converter and it's not missing. <laughs> Give it time. Yeah, no shit, right? I really am. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of sketchy shit going on these few years. <laughs> Come on, I, I think that's what's going on under my vehicle. I still got to get it fixed, but I think someone tried to yank it. Probably. I fucking walked out to the car. Oh, really? Yeah. No shit. Huh. It's cut. You have any, like, oh, so there's, like, a song. Yeah, so somebody tried to do something. (laughs) Oh, no. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense, man. (laughs) I'm an idiot when it comes to cars, but, like, when my friend told me how much you can get for a catalytic converter, and this particular friend did that, he fucking saws all people's fucking catalytic converters. (laughs) It's like, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Good for you, though, buddy. Crawling out of people's cars at late night. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, it, uh, 
it probably I, they probably make more money than I do. Like, you actually can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> right? We work way harder. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of easy money out there to be made, but I've never made it. <laughs> yeah, neither have I. <laughs> Somebody what? probably made easy money out of your fucking last ball, the Gibson you had before this. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, where was that stolen? How how did that happen? Um, our friend thought that he knew the choice of roommate to give me, so he plopped a junkie in there. And uh, he had all his junkie friends over all the time. Famous last words. <laughs> and fucking, you know, I trusted everybody. Yeah, I forgot that. I forgot about that. Yeah. I did know that. That was above JJ's. Do yeah. <laughs> you remember JJ's? Yes. That place famously burnt down to the ground. <laughs> yeah, there was people in jail for that, too. I know, I know, yeah. That's too bad, man. That was like our Monday night JJ crew. Everybody went to JJ's every Monday. And all that insurance money probably just stayed in the insurance company. And, mm. You know, just because of like the the end they drama. Put it, well, they put it in an account, collect interest, and use know. it to write off something else later. Mm. <laughs> R.I.P. JJ's. Yeah, no shit. Imagine if we started having bands there. No, never. <sighs> yeah, I remember it being talked about. There's just nowhere to fucking put them. <laughs> yeah, it was tables. Yeah. Well, everything around here is weird. Even it's not Dylan's anymore. Mm. In Broughton, mm. I think it's now like an Asian place or Brazilian Grill. Oh, is it? It's yeah. What killed? What killed Dylan's? That was a good spot. So the problem with Dylan's is it was always hardcore shows. Yeah. yeah. So the problem with hardcore shows... They get shut down. There's great people in the hardcore scene. Absolutely. And yeah. there's shitty people in the hardcore scene. Yeah. So unfortunately, the shitty people are the people that are going to cause mm. an issue. Yeah. So like Max's Blues Cafe... In Brockton, yeah. So <laughs> the guy who owned that I was friends with because I had a bunch of friends that bartended there. He owned White's as well. And I remember when that was going to open, B.B. King was going to be the first person who played there. I vaguely remember that. <sighs> but they wouldn't give him the licensing. It was Louis Azak. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicest dude in the world. He had whatever issues with the licensing board, so it took forever for it to open. That dude is an animal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Um, but, yeah, they they just kept going with hardcore bands. And, again, it, it can draw a weird yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, after a while, like I now, like I know, like local hardcore shows are pretty, pretty well in check. Like they don't. Yeah, it's a, it's a different up. scene back then. It was. Yeah, more protective now. Yeah. Yeah, back then it, it like it was fights, great. It, it So was FSU is not as prominent. DF, mm. you know, whatever mm. these hardcore crews are, aren't mm. as prominent. And hardcore is different. It's a little more emo now, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, to a degree. Sure. Um, sure. But you're not, like, blood for blood yeah. isn't showing up. Dude, you never knew what was going to happen at a hardcore yes. show back then. <laughs> That's true, man. Jesus. 
I went on tour with like 25 to life for a fucking Oh, Jesus. Summer. Don't get me started on Rick. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> 25 to life and coming correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a controversial person. I love him. He treated me. He treated me well, man. I know a lot of people have their problems with him. Though. The few <laughs> times I met him, I met I met him a ton at one two one. He was always nice to me. He's I, a sweetheart. I have, yeah, I have nothing bad to say about him. <laughs> I mean, I can read whatever I want on the internet. The internet's the internet. But yeah, he, yeah. He was nothing but nice to me. Yeah, he's. I know, like people. I don't know. I don't even. I can't even keep track of the different problems people have had with yeah. him. I could only like you know judge him based on how he treated me. But I know, like, one of the complaints back then was, like, people would, like, you know, be shopping at the Rick Flea Market. It was bootleg stuff, right? Yeah. yeah that like was the big thing for Some of it wouldn't have anything on it, yeah. too. <laughs> I guess. I don't think he had a he had a quality control person. <laughs> I mean, that being said, even, like, for me, I'd be like, oh, at least somebody bought my record and is listening to it. Like, I don't yeah. really care. At the end of the day, if somebody's listening to my music, I could care less. Totally. I mean, totally. Spotify's going to give me what... Uh, hundredth of a cent if yeah. somebody listens to us yeah, yeah as long as somebody's listening to it i don't care <laughs> how it gets out here yeah uh yeah. music's not paying my bills yeah i at this point just do it because i enjoy it it'd so. be nice <laughs> no it would be but well dude that's a beautiful thing about it like yeah like you know older guys like us like uh, still doing it and everything you're you're only doing it at this point because you love yeah. it you know like there's no delusions of like grandeur or delusions of making it anywhere well this is what i always find funny is like i still have friends my age that's they're like dude i'm totally gonna make it. i'm like dude you're not gonna make it. <laughs> really like, yeah, like, <laughs> i'm like dude we both know like we've played off and on for the last 20 years you're not ma- like you have three kids in <laughs> a mortgage you're done you're, son yeah, you're not making it <laughs> yeah. let's just bring it down a notch <laughs> yeah just have fun if you happen to make it, that's just, well, just the byproduct. Do they write fucking gold? <laughs> no, that's the problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, like, even, like, you know, like, say you were at our at the point where we're at and you wrote gold, yeah. like, making it off of that such gold would be just a byproduct of what you love. No, the smartest thing to do is if you wrote gold would be to sell it to somebody else. Let yeah. a cute girl sing it. Yeah, that's true. Huh? Or a jack dude say whatever the fucking case is. Yeah, yeah. And just make the money off the royalties. Yeah, yeah. Songwriters make I'm all he- the money. I'm that's hearing, so true. I'm hearing that's a dying profession. Songwriting. Mm. Sure. It's, no, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But every song you hear right now that like is huge is usually written by someone not performing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? Like even back. Going all the way back to like doo-wop. Yeah. Like you like those groups, like the young, like, you know, black doo-wop groups of like the fifties got such a fucking shit deal, they just got oh. ripped the fuck off by the producers. They were performers. They were performers. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the old blues guys did mm. that. So I used to play bass off and on for a guy named Peter Parchak, who's a blues guitar player around here. Uh, but he was the band leader for an old blues guy, like original blues guy, Pine Top Perkins. Mm. And Rings a bell. they would get ripped off. Um, <sighs> so like having met like R.L. Burnside, mm. uh, T-Model Ford. Wow. So they made, they made a bunch of recordings 
like late mid thirties, early forties. Yeah. Which are hugely influential in the blue scene. Yeah. They legitimately make no nothing money. That's so sad. So it was Fat Possum Records, um, who just could, like redid all this stuff and then had them all like that's how you know who RL Burnside is. Like they had them do new records. Ugh. Um, did they compensate them? Yes, that's the new cool. stuff. Yeah, they made some kind of attempt. To yeah, fucking, that's uh, cool. that was the idea of Fat Possum. I think the Black Keys were on there for a short period of time. Um, hmm. The Black Keys are just as guilty of ripping off all those artists as everybody else is. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't hate the Black Keys, but now nah, they got some good stuff. Man. No, they're talented. No, they, they are, are talented. very talented. Yeah. But a lot of those things I listen to, I'm like, eh, this is derivative. This is a riff from 1943. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And even myself, I'm like, oh, I played that riff too. Shit, dude. Even like Led Zeppelin, like they had a song no. that blew the fuck up, and it was like Stairway, but done in a different way like uh, zeppelin's been sued i think more times than any band has yeah for, like songwriting or whatever yeah um but with blue stuff it's so to an extent derivative I yeah guess. yeah i mean it's a one four five right it's hard to really prove ownership of <laughs> yeah a simple chord progression yeah yeah same with like uh, it, it, same with like hardcore music. How do you own an open E? And yeah, <laughs> some chug riffs. There's no riffs. It's usually yeah, that's true. <laughs> I hate my life, dude. I wish I could remember the name of the blues artist. He, he was just a young kid who Joe um, Bonamassa. He turned into a heroin addict because like Eric he, Gales. he got everything taken from him. Was that his name? Black kid, left-handed guitar player. Yeah. Played a, yeah, Eric Gales. Yeah. So he's doing well. He's playing around here. Really? Soon. Yeah, he's... Wow. So the Gales family is actually very famous in the blue scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like a prodigy. I thought he was dead. No. no he's... Okay. If it's the dude I'm thinking of, he's doing well. He's clean. Wow. Um, he's got a new record coming out. He's touring. Holy shit. Oh, that's awesome. That dude's nasty, too. He's a nasty guitar player. Yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah. Like, when he was, like, 22 or 23, yeah. he was, like, highly revered. Yeah. But then got completely fucked over and was... He... he I guess he struggled off and on back then anyway. Yeah. But that, then, that's not... That's gotta be Eric Gales. Yeah, I think it is. And then, when he, then when he got completely screwed over on money and, like, writing yeah. stuff, he, uh... Yeah, just went all out on... Dope yeah. No, he's doing well. That's amazing. So how old is that dude now? He's probably in the seventies or something. Oh no, we're talking about a different guy. Okay, so okay, if it's Eric okay. Gales, so all blues stories start the way same way you just said. Sure. It. <laughs> yeah, that's a blues song in the making anyway. Now Eric Gales, I think, is thirty eight. So oh. he was like a fourteen year old blues prodigy. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Fuck, man. Uh, who did I know around here that was like a 14-year-old blues prodigy? Um, Mancuso. His last name's Mancuso. Fuck, I think I went to high school with him. Did you? I know the name. Greg Mancuso? It might be. I think his I name's know, Greg? Yeah, Mr. I know the name. Mancuso? From, like, from like Rockland area. Mm. Dude, fucking phenomenal. 
and he was like 13 or 14. No, I know the name. Yeah. Because I think, so I used to spend a lot of time in Brighton at Smoke <laughs> Joe's, which was like the blues place mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. It was not my type of blues. Yeah, he would have been there. Yeah, so I, I, I Greg, I think it's Greg Mancuso. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was fucking phenomenal yeah. when he was just a kid. Well, the problem with blues is it all sounds like the same. It does. Nice. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it definitely does. Cool. You can play a lead. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Greta Van Thurnberg or whatever that is. No. Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I heard it and I was like, I've heard this before. Right. <laughs> Dude, I mean, they didn't even hide it, though. Like, they were dressing like fucking Led Zeppelin. Like, they. Dude, just... they all do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was even the thing with the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was kitschy, like your queen, like whatever. Queen Fun thing. as fuck. Yeah. Like great <laughs> band. I mean. Yeah. And Dude. I get why people would be upset about that, but why be upset? Like they're having fun, you're having fun, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm into that one darkness song everybody knows. I believe in a thing called love. They have, they have some good music. Um, I had a friend that was like, he went to a dark darkness show with his girlfriend and, uh, we were living in Rockland at the time and uh, he, he came home after the show by himself and he looked so bummed out. I'm like, what's up, dude? What's going on? He's like, dude. My, my girlfriend's banging Justin Hawkins. <laughs> yes. He's like, dude, we went, out, <laughs> we went outside to talk to the fucking darkness and he just took her by the hand and walked on the bus and they took off. I was like, <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh, that, that is sucks. fucking terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. I was like, but at least it's like, you know, singer of the darkness, man. <laughs> that being said, his Tinder profile now is fucking top notch because he's like, yeah, last girl I lost. I, I'm, you know, I'm prime because I took the dude from the darkness. You're right, take, dude. Take the chick away. I think that might have got him married. <laughs> yeah, that was that was unfortunate, but pretty fucking funny. It was one of those times where I couldn't help but laugh at his. Uh, Misfortune. Yeah. <laughs> he can, he giggled too. <laughs> Shit happens like that, man. Right. <laughs> it's fucking rock styles, man. <laughs> I forget where that show was. I don't know. It might have been the Centrum. I think it was at the Centrum. Worcester, huh? Yeah, Worcester. Nothing good comes out of Worcester. Dude, oh my God. Anytime. I, I've seen, I've gone to the Palladium for so many shows just because it's bands that I love and I gotta go see them, but yeah. I fucking hate the downstairs at the Palladium, man. So the problem with the Palladium is they always do the pay-to-play thing, so every show is 15 bands. Yes. So yeah. there's like the outside stage, so the show supposedly starts at two, <laughs> so there's the bunch of bands you don't give two shits about. Right, yeah. It's just a weird, like I get it, but... Well, even the sound wise, like yeah, it's not upstairs. Good. It's okay, but downstairs, yeah. it, it just gets lost in the ceiling. Yeah. Everything they do just gets lost in the ceiling. I hate it. I've seen like Alkaline Trio there, H two O back in the day. I, I can't even like, yeah, I can't even keep count of the bands that I saw there. But it was the same thing, and all these bands that are pretty good live yeah. sounded like shit there because the place sucks to see bands live. No, they always do. <laughs> I think the only good band I ever saw there sound-wise was Unearthly Trance, and even that was debatable because <laughs> we opened for them at Firehouse 13 in Providence, and they sounded way, way better. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a decent place. Is that? Did they still do shows there? No, they closed. So John and his wife 
opened a new place in downtown Providence. Oh, yeah. So it's more like folk, uh, Scott H. Byram, like weird kind of one-man blues, like choir band. Uh, I think uh, he sold Firehouse. I think was forced to sell it. I think they turned it into condos, Uh, like they do everything. Right. Fucking Blackrock and Vanguard. (laughs) Firehouse was awesome because the upstairs was a swingers club. Firehouse 13? Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't even know that. I used to play there. Yeah, so we played there a bunch. So the upstairs on weekends was a swingers club. Mm. <laughs> so where the fire poles used to be, there was plexiglass. So if you were standing and you looked up at the right time, you would just see like a dude's balls. <laughs> which is the best way to start a show. That place had such a good vibe. Yeah, dude, I loved it. I, I've known John in Windsong forever. I played there a thousand times. Yeah. But when the Swingers Club was operating, <laughs> the line was like weird because there was like the metal line and the Swingers line. <laughs> and then if you looked up at the wrong time, you're like, oh my God, burn some, my eyes out. Yeah, some balls. <laughs> I think we did Firehouse 13 yeah, together. Y- yeah, we did. Yeah. I think that's the, the Gore Show guy thing. Yeah, I think that was. I think so. Dude, yeah, we like we were like walking around before the show, and we saw how did that even fucking happen? I have pictures of it. And it was we wild. were looking in windows in the city. Yeah, that's a weird area to walk because it's not really near anything. Yeah, necessarily. No, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, That's yeah. why I don't think it was Firehouse there. Maybe not. Maybe I it was don't the know. ruins. No, it wasn't the ruins. Dusk. Mm, maybe, ah, maybe. Dusk is closer. This is like 2015. So, was it a one-floor place? Was it the meth? Might have been the meth. Yeah, it might have been the meth. I think it was the meth. Dude, we were walking around, and we saw this dude, like, uh, we, we were just, yeah, looking in windows, and there was this dude with all these crazy, like, monster costumes and alien costumes, and he was, like, spray-painting them and doing all this shit. So, like, we just fucking banged on the door. We're like, what are you <laughs> doing, <fight>? man? <laughs> He's like, oh, come on in, come on in. We're like, all right. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess he uh, he designed costumes for Guar. Like, he had, like, done shit for Guar. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just, like, got in all these costumes and took pictures of them, like, with them. This <laughs> actually sounds totally reasonable for Providence. Yeah. <laughs> it's this thing called Big Noslo or something like that. And they, uh, it's a bunch of aliens, and they have instruments, and they do street shows. Ah bunch of aliens walking down the street being funky and shit nice he, he did say he did stuff for gua didn't he yeah 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 he's like he was a man the man like apparently in our area he looked like the man his work was insane he looked like a mad scientist he yeah cool. he did <laughs> yeah i put on like a big robot you put on like this big green thing yeah yeah that was kind of fucking I funny think, man was it jamie or pat well it was with us i think both of them were I think. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think I was pretty drunk at the time, too. These things happen. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, you got it in Providence. Yes. Not that I do anymore, but... Actually, I, I think mean, the next show I'm supposed to go into Providence is to see my buddy's band. And he's like, shit, so I'm taking the next day off? Is that <laughs> what you're telling me? What's your buddy's band? <sighs> I don't even know the name at ah. this point. He was in, <laughs> he was in Karat, who was a kicking around Providence forever. Uh, Nick Miles... He was the door guy at Firehouse and Dusk. Shout mm. out Nick Miles. That's cool. When are you doing that? 
We'll find out. I'll, I'll forget inevitably. <laughs> What's some of the best places you've played? You ever done like a little bit of touring? Uh, so New York was yeah. fun. So when I was doing a blues thing, so with blues, it's easy to be like a felon guitar player. Yeah. You actually didn't never play with the band. You just kind of, <coughs> again, it's blues. It's yeah, you one, just four, five, a, turn around. It's, sure. it's fairly straightforward. Yeah. Uh, we played some hipster hotel <laughs> place in Brooklyn for two nights. Yeah. And they were like, oh, he has free rooms, like whatever. Played the lounge for like four hours. We got paid well. Nice. Uh, That was nice. Um, Not that it's there anymore, but once in Somerville. Yeah. uh, Was awesome. That's cool. Uh, Dusk is always one of my favorites. Mm. Best I can think of, honestly. That's cool. Sounds fun. <laughs> it's always fun. Touring is fun, man. We lost Terry Hall today. I saw that. Mm. The specials. I didn't even realize. I didn't mm-hmm. know. Really? Mm. One of the people from the specials died? Yes, sir. That's sad. Another, uh, their biggest song was also written by, um, you know, a reggae dude. Yeah. School. Yeah. They, he had a song, and then the specials blew it up. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Was it uh, another, like, uh, unknown death, cause unknown? I don't know. I don't know. It's been a lot of he, those. He was sick. It's been a lot of those. Yeah, he was sick. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Sorry that I don't know him by name. Specials a lot of people are. didn't until today. I imagine. No, I'm not going to lie. I only pretended I did because I saw somebody post about it. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) and it sucks. You don't know every member's name. I'm not going to pretend like I'm OG. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, that sucks. Those specials, they're, you know, they're important. They did their thing. Say his name. Terry Halls? (laughs) Halls? Halls? R.I.P. Terry Hall. I think uh, actually the Minutemen did more for ska and punk than any other band. Yeah. Yep. Probably right. Valid. I they, never really I'll listened to them, but I yeah. I mean. Now you're making me angry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I no, know. listen, listen to Double Nickels on a Dime. That's where you start. Okay. I've always known of them. Or actually watch the documentary. It's actually... There's a documentary? Yes, it's amazing. Okay. It brings a tear to my eye. I seldom cry. I don't have a heart. Are they from here? No. What What the fuck is going... Oh, okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. <laughs> Ooh. When did this come out? Uh, this was SST. Their first record was SST number two. So Black Flag spent all their money to release their record as the second record in SST. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here. It's three dudes. Mike Watt. Just a trio. What was that? They're a trio? Yeah. Wow. I've always heard of them. I never actually listened to them. Yeah, I would definitely check them out. Yeah. 
I'm digging that. That's Mike, some busy shit going Mike on. Watt is also the bass player who has played on more records than you realize. Dude, yeah, the bass and drums stuck out big time in that. Double nickels on a dime. What else has he Listeners. been in? Uh, Porno for Pyros, Jane's Addiction. Oh. Uh, he's been in a ton of bands. Are they from around here, the Minutemen? No. No? Uh, San Pedro. Either. Really? California. Uh, but, Good yeah, man. so when Black Flag started, or Greg Ginn started SST, all of the money they made from the first Black Flag release, they used to release the Minutemen. That was SST number two. That's cool. Nice. Wow. Black Flag money, huh? That's interesting. That was not money back then. Black flag was not a thing. Yeah. Speaking of somebody who has the four bars tattoo that now looks like an ISIS flag, unfortunately. <laughs> How old were you when you got the bars? Uh, it was probably, I think I got them after a four-speed Fury show, which is the band that later ended up being Oxblood Forge. So yeah, I remember. Was about oh, I remember four-speed. Oh, no shit. You had to get them. You had to get the bars. No, I had a couple drinks, so I was like, I'm going to get the Black Flag bars and the Minutemen <laughs> Anchor. Seems Fuck. like a reasonable idea right now. Yeah, why not? That's cool. Fuck yeah, dude. Did you Do you prefer Black Flag with Henry or before? I'm having a brain fart. Like, who was the original singer? I you have to be more specific. So the first four years are the same four to five songs with four different singers. <laughs> huh? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Black Flag math. I know. Uh, I know. I like all their stuff without Henry. So <laughs> I. But I like Henry Rollins. <laughs> I prefer uh, Keith Morris. Okay, I know uh, that name. Yeah, Circle Jerks. Yeah, yeah. Fair um, enough. Or I think Daz was the more guttural singer. Okay. Uh, Henry I gets a bad rap. I don't get it. Yeah. Okay. I I like his stuff with Black Flag. Um, I like his solo, his solo stuff. Fuck, that I can't. Band not on Spotify. Dude, I, I like. I like whip him. up the orange one, the fucking orange CD that he had. I like. I like his spoken word and shit. That is dude is Rollins? truly fascinating. Is it Rollins' band? Yeah, I like some of the Rollins band stuff. Yeah, so Rollins band, that yeah. band had a separate band that did an instrumental band minus him. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the band, but they're fucking ridiculously good. Yeah, no shit. It's um the end of silence. That yes. was the that's the one I'm familiar with. Doesn't he and have it's that not bad. tattooed on him? Yeah. Doesn't Harry Rollins have that tattooed on him? Does he? Yeah. Yeah. This is not bad. I've heard it before. I'd take myself back to it on my own time. Hmm. But um, there's so many people cussing me out right now. <laughs> that's it, though. That's okay. Roll- Rollins and Black Flag, man. Dude, the, the I didn't hate it. It wasn't a go-to. I preferred earlier. I mean, my favorite flag record is Process of Weeding Out, because mm. Greg Ginn. That was half instrumental, half Rollins. Yeah, they had some funky shit. But Greg Ginn had an instrumental band after that was kind of the precursor to it. That's yeah, really good. To Rollins band? Uh, no, Greg Ginn had nothing to do with Rollins band. Excuse oh, me. to Black Flag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could see that they had some funky shit. Yeah. Like they were all over the map. 
They had like hardcore and punk and then like fucking jam style stuff. It's weird. I was more into Civ in like seven seconds. Yeah. Civ. Yeah. So do you know who wrote the entire first Civ record? No, I'm not familiar with that knowledge. Walter from Quicksand. No shit. Mm. Yep. That's pretty dope. That's interesting. So that he was trying to write radio style songs when <laughs> that became a thing. Wow. So that Civ record he wrote and recorded most of it, if I remember correctly. Huh. And he had nothing to do with the second record. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Spent my time with seven seconds back in the day. Um, yeah. Well, it's, I don't know. I kind of just grew I out covered of that. a seven-second song when I was with Rick in 25 to Life. So se- seven yeah. seconds, I really, it's what, Kevin Seconds? Is that what he calls himself? Yeah. He did a split with uh, Matt from Alkaline Trio. Yeah. Like the acoustic. Matt Skiba. Yeah. yeah, I, 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 yeah. I really like that. Dude, I, I love everything Skiba does pretty much. I, I haven't gotten into that. Uh, I haven't listened to his other band is like i haven't listened to blank with him no mm-hmm. they're done with him right yeah they go back to tom yeah yeah i don't mind it I, I like i like his contributions to them i liked what he did a lot of that's a very unpopular opinion but i respect the fuck out of that dude early blink when the early alkaline trio is fucking pretty damn dope yeah yeah i don't know I pretty much love everything Alkaline Trio ever did. One of my favorite bands. Yeah, really? So, I know I generally play heavy music. I do not listen to heavy music. Same. Yeah, I know. You're into, like, everything. Yeah. So, if you play heavy music, the idea of listening to heavy music is Mm. boring. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to a practice and you're playing heavy music, do you really want to go home and (laughs) listen to another dude? Screaming at the end of the day? No. (laughs) No, I I love Alkaline Trio. Yeah, I I find that most of my friends that are in like punk and hardcore pretty much are the same way. They they listen to like all everything. They just you know (coughs) Yeah man, they're interesting. I was just saying to Brian when you just went out to take a leak, we were did you ever hear that story about Henry Rollins, like, bef- uh, on Unsolved Mysteries? No, it strikes a chord, but I don't know. It's interesting, because, yeah, he was on Unsolved Mysteries, right? I'm going to butcher the story, but it was along the lines of this. Like, his, they, they went, you know, by Henry. He yeah. didn't talk about Black Flag or anything. There was just when Henry was younger, him and his friend were leaving a show, and they went back to, like, his friend's house or something. And this dude fucking like robbed them, and they and and the dude ended up murdering his friend, like in front of him. And he ducked out the back door and took off and never looked back, and they never caught the killer. It's just pretty crazy. Yeah, um, don't make sense. Mm. I mean, doesn't make sense, but so every every motherfucker getting held up in New York right now is like worthy of unsolved mysteries. <laughs> sure. That's actually a good point, Brian. <laughs> Was it a Hollywood sacrifice? <laughs> Henry became famous after that. <laughs> I don't think he was a virgin, though. They weren't going to sacrifice his blood. 
well put. Actually, he might have been. He was from DC, so he was part of the straight <laughs> edge scene. He was, yeah. He was friends with Ian and everybody else over there. Yeah. Bad Brains straight edge? What was that? Bad Brains is not straight edge. No, but he was friends with Ian McKay and the Minor yeah. Threat thing. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. Fugazi is one of my favorite. Like, later Fugazi is... To make that amount of amazing noise without, like, any pedals, like, delay, anything else. Like, they're an amazing fucking band. Just using what you got. Yep. Yeah, they're definitely, like, one of the more influential bands in, like, the punk scene. They're so influential. Like, I'll give Ian McKay credit. He doesn't really... Like, you have to be straight edge or... Like, he's not a preacher for you. You are what you are doesn't matter and even he'll say like people took straight edge to like people do to an extreme yeah and even he Ian McKay was like oh I'll drink a beer every once in a while it's <laughs> it's not like you're not going to get fucked up every night it straight edge was a different thing for them yeah versus earth crisis <sighs> yeah people got like super militant yeah. with it totally kind of changed the like meaning of it all god i remember like i don't know if it was like a fox news report or abc news i was it was like back in the mid 90s i remember seeing this like they did like a a news segment on straight edge in las vegas yeah and they talked about how these like straight edge dudes saw some like pregnant lady smoking a cigarette on the corner and stabbed her to death yeah (laughs) not surprising (laughs) like holy shit but it was weird, though, like, you know, typical news, like, taking a movement and, like, you know, bastardizing it based on a couple of fucking morons. Yeah, making it a headline. Yeah. Yeah. Without actually going, oh, there's all these good things yeah. coming out of it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, bad things are going to happen, whether it be music, politics, yeah. work, bad business, music. whatever. Like, bad shit is going to happen. Absolutely. But... And that that but that was like at the time that was like straight edge introduction to pop culture. Yeah. It was like they're violent people that don't do drugs and will stab and, you to and death. And hard, <laughs> hardcore was scary back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking weird, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like animal rights, Earth Crisis. Sure. Yeah, I don't have an issue with any of it. Um, it's good morals. No. Strife is good. Yeah. No, I like their convictions. I like their music. Yeah. Um, I just heard Rick uh, Rick from Strife. He was on Toby's podcast. Toby yeah. Morris? Yeah. Oh, really? And he talks about breaking edge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Did Toby break edge? I heard he did. Oh, I don't know. I heard he did. I, well, heard, I, think I heard a lot of shit I, about him. <laughs> I think a lot of the straight edge kids, like Breaking Edge, isn't like in a huge thing. Like as long as you're not, they a don't scumbag. find you. Yeah, find you the next day shooting heroin in a yeah. fucking abandoned building. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they take it as seriously as some people. Yeah, have taken it. I guess totally. Man, like, I, I know a couple of people who are straight edge that have literally, well, I can say one. I can say Dan Lawsey. That dude has never touched a drop of alcohol. Which Never is, smoked weed. Nothing. 
and he's in his forties. <laughs> to, to an extent, I envy them. I envy their yeah. convictions. Yeah. The problem is, is a lot of them will then look down at you. Like, sure. Yeah. There's that. I mean, there's a you can use it responsibly and not be a fucking lunatic who's <laughs> breaking into people's houses for your next fix or, or whatever. Stabbing like, pregnant women. Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's an extreme for everything, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like hippies. Like, there are extremists with them. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Manson okay. was a hippie. He took it to Pretty, the extreme. Yeah, he yeah. did. Pretty extreme. Him and the CIA, Poor Sharon. Man. Poor Sharon. <laughs> Poor yeah. Sharon Tate. And that's Dude. what we call bringing it back full circle. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Did you ever see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. Did you like it? I didn't. Didn't hate I, it? I don't like Tarantino movies. Either. Oh, really? Okay. I like some and don't like others. Sure. Some I just find so long wind. Like, some I'm like. Oh, uh, it's all dialogue. Some mm. of it, I'm like, you're just trying too hard. Yeah, yeah. There's some movies where I'm like, oh, I really like. Yeah. And some, I'm like, uh, you're trying too hard at this point. I loved the build-up in that movie. Like, I, I just love the whole fantasy take on yeah. Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski. Yeah. Like, it was so, like, I don't know. that The ending to that movie kind of, like, moved me because it was the way that, in a perfect world, that's how it would have ended. She yeah. would have lived. The neighbors would have fucking killed the scumbag hippies that were trying to kill her. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was a fucked-up movie. Well, I mean, that even being said, there's people that are still stuck on the Sharon Tate thing and the Roman Polanski thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying what he did was right or good, but there's... Yeah, it's questionable. There's greater problems in the world at this point that people should be worried about. That's true. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. You're an asshole. <laughs> Speaking of celebrity worship. That's a good point. Celebrity <laughs> worship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they want you to. Kurt Cobain. Even his death. Mm. One of the most famous conspiratorial deaths ever. They, mm. ju- I think, just released pictures from it. Too. They're pretty much <laughs> releasing. They've been releasing everything. Like... In, in that being said, who cares? Local age was the better band. <laughs> and there you go. Man. Local age is still making amazing records. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very hardworking, very honest. Local age is one of the most underrated bands from that time period. Definitely. Who is still doing interesting music to this day. Yeah, that's true. That's I, true. I honestly don't think Nirvana would have survived after he I didn't think. want to he no. he was ba- he was trying to get out of that shit he was trying to get out of the record deals and no like, no i understand that but i think even musically he wasn't going to be the melvins he wasn't yeah. and he knew that he didn't want to get paid yeah. he didn't want to blow up and then courtney was like fuck you i'm getting on that dick and fucking <laughs> knocked her up so he was trapped in that sense and then fucking she, I keep saying she, but I mean. <laughs> I still think she had something to do with this death. I really don't think that was a straight up suicide. Yeah, either do I. 
That's a weird fucking thing. So it's the common consensus then. The worst part about it is so Mark Lanigan is one of my favorite vocalists. R.I.P. And it was Mark Lanigan gave him the shotgun that he used to kill himself, Mm. which derailed his career for a good number of years. If you're the person who, quote unquote, helped Kurt Cobain. Josh, Josh Ami picked him up a little bit. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. Shout out Josh. Right. Uh, that being said, no. Uh, Ami helped him, but his solo shit is amazing. The Gutter Twins. Marks? Yes. Yeah. His solo stuff. The stuff he did with Greg Dully from the Gutter Twins, or from Afghan Wigs, is amazing. How did he die? Lanigan, I yeah. think it was like a heart attack or yeah. just years of heroin and yeah, I thought boozing. I, I, it wasn't like a dramatic smoking in his yeah. sleep. <laughs> it wasn't a dramatic situation. Mm. As we're lighting up, <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. There's just too many questions with the whole Kirk Cobain thing. Uh. Have you ever seen any of the documentaries on that? I have. It's fucking interesting, man. Soaked in bleach or yeah. that that stuff with uh, Detective Tom Grant, I think, the guy that Courtney hired to like look for Kurt. Yeah. Ended up <laughs> he ended up like suspecting her and a lot of weird shit, man. All the weird like practice uh, letters like in yeah. a book bag and and the no prints on anything, the gun or the ammunition. There was just too many fucking questions. Well, even well there's too many instances of it going on elsewhere. Yeah, look at the yeah. In- look at the industry as a whole. Yeah, it's not the only incident. Yeah, no, you're right. It's not an isolated incident at all. It's Fuck usually that. somebody wants to back out of fucking shady shit. Yeah, or like something that we don't know. We're not told that obviously. Mm. No, it's somebody who's the product that's making somebody else money. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, have you heard any of the like AI music, like the particularly Nirvana AI? No, dude, it's fucking creepy. So like, you know how they have like all this AI shit, like yeah. AI apps now, and everyone's on Facebook doing their AI fucking what they look like in AI yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they put out like a couple of songs like AI Nirvana, and you know. It's Nirvana songs that were never written or anything, but it's like sounds, sounds like, like Nirvana. Yeah, dude, it's fucking weird. What the fuck? It's so really I weird. was reading a thing recently where they're worried they're gonna run can't control AI anymore. Essentially, yeah. the idea is that they're building intelligence. Yeah, and you build it to a point where <laughs> self-aware. Yeah, this, yeah, essentially. <laughs> the fucking Skynet. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. Oh, hey, I got. It. Yeah, there's a lot of that going. Yeah, on they right. they keep doing this, and then they get weird about it. What'd you read about it? That scientists don't know. They're worried that they're gonna start building their own networks. And it's just gonna. Yeah, explode. This is it. Oh, yeah. This is not real words. It's fucking crazy. If they release this as a B-side, it'd be like, hell, it sounds right. Yeah. 
Dude, that's a good line. The sun shines on you, but I don't know how. That's a good line. <laughs> I think it's gay and it's so, not Nirvana. I, I can't say I hate that, though. <laughs> you know what the saddest part is now every time that somebody has died, if they're like, oh, we found a bunch of unreleased things, and we're like, they could I, pull I don't off. know if... Yeah, they could pull it off. Totally. I would have thought that Tupac. was Nirvana song. Yeah, they did it with Tupac. 100%, man. Tupac and Biggie came out with material well after their death. They came out with like 30 albums each. Yeah. <laughs> like Tupac had one every six months. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they even had me like saw a song with them rapping together in it. God. Who knows how old that AI like is? Like maybe that is what that was. <laughs> it's weird. Like so it's like taking all different words and different Nirvana songs and just meshing yeah. them in. Algorithms. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is why I stick with the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, we were just talking about Wu Tang a couple weeks ago on the show. Fuck yeah, you can't go wrong with them, man. They ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> Fucking a. Fruity Loops is good enough for them. It's good enough for me. Yeah, man. Uh, I remember Fruity Loops. I use that all the fucking time. <laughs> FL controller. Yeah, yeah. No, that stuff's good, man. There's a lot of good stuff made with that. You can make anything. It, it, all depends on the person, you know. You well, even was it Billie Eilish? All that shit was made on nothing, if I remember. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, I don't think it was like the original shit. Yeah, wasn't like a huge studio. I mean, it was after the fact, but. Mm. You ever listen to any like Mac Miller? No. Yeah, I like him. He's dead, but yeah, he put out a lot of good stuff. Pretty. I, I stopped listening to new music. Not yeah. to be like, I'm no, old. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but that's Put your is. flag in the ground, Josh, you fucking old man. You. Exactly. <laughs> no, dude, I totally understand. I, I, I'm starting to feel that way, especially in the last few years. Mac Miller had good music out like some years ago now, but like, I can't tell you any like anybody in the past year or two. I have no idea. I know emo rap blew up. Some years ago, and that might be the last like modern like music that well, I got. A lot into. of it again, they're just regurgitating the same things. Where yeah. you're like, I've heard this before. Yeah, like, yeah. I kind of based it all on. Um, all right, I'm more than a couple decades old, and I base those decades on how I feel about Metallica. <laughs> Keep going, and it'll show you how I mature. <laughs> so like. In the beginning, you hear it, you're in love with them. Sure. Yeah, it's great. But then it's like all the drama. Mm -hmm. And then it's another 10 years of the drama. <laughs> they, they, they just put crap after And crap. you hear the music all compiled at the end. Yeah. And you look at them now and you still see them doing it. And it's like, it's definitely not the same. Not the same as it was, and even then, I look back now with new eyes. I don't hate Metallica, but like I, how I feel about them has uh. like changed so much, well, that, so drastically. Like I see that so differently now. Sure. Well, even like the load, reload, like the records that everybody's like, oh, I don't like. Saint Anger. But bands are gonna change. Like this is the thing. Like I get everybody. So 
the first four Metallica records are like part of the metal Bible. Yeah. The, like any yeah. musician is going to change. Like, yeah, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to be that person where you have to be like, all right, do we do Ride the Lightning again? Or we're 20 years older. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got you to gotta respect the change and growth in a band. Totally. I'm, I'm not a fan of Load, Reload, or Saint Agar. <laughs> Injustice for All is my favorite record. Yeah, it's awesome. And then you look back at that <laughs> it's album. It's awesome. And you look back at that. And I don't hate like, them for it, though. I don't hate them for anything they did. So they're going to change at yeah. some point. I mean, You sit in your head with Injustice for All, just being like, they could have put that fucking bass line in there. Like, I can, bear, I can hear bass lines in there, and it's just fucking awful what they did and how they fucking, like, went about that. But that's my, that's my favorite part about that record. Like, outside of the politics involved in it with Jason, this, that, mm. I don't care, I'm not in the band. I absolutely love the sound of that record. Mm. For those riffs and what they were doing... That's fucking wild. Those songs are all what eight minutes long with eight thousand time signature changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it would sound cool with bass, but I don't have an issue with that record sound wise without the bass. Yeah, me neither. The chewing. Hmm. The chewing. Is it loud? No, I that's good. Know. That's good. Um, I give you shit for making all that noise. In the that way. being said, Freight Ends of Sanity was like the greatest song ever written. And uh, I hear Lars's mistakes. I hear stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone calls him such a, like an overrated drummer. And yeah, he's not like crazy complex or anything, but he sounds like him. Like he, he has he, his own sound. He also got old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like that's the thing is, I think a lot of people are thinking of Metallica when they were in their twenties versus when they were yeah, they've been thirty old years for a while. older. Yeah, but these like, are also that's people, a good point. <laughs> maybe I'm just up here fucking alone, but these are the kind of the same people you argue with that are like say that John Bonham is this is some of his greatest material and, and, and it's show usually you it. sloppy as shit, and it's a fucking sque- <laughs> a squeaky fucking yeah. bass pedal. Yeah, it's sloppy like, shit. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So my dad was a deadhead. <laughs> nice. All right. Which, fuck my life. <laughs> so I'm he, sorry about Bob Weir and your dreams. So he was like an early, <laughs> he was an early tape trader, like oh, in the sure. 80s, like mailing shit back and forth. But he'd be like, here's a hundred, this is their greatest performance of trucking. It's 120 minutes long. It's off of Dick's Picks, fucking 129. Oh, no, it wouldn't even be that. This would be... So I... Gasoline Virgins, both of the, both the guitar player and drummer, deadheads. And they'd be like, oh, well, I like 77. I like 79. And I was like, I hate both of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, noodlers. But yeah, they would be like, this is the greatest performance. And I'd be like, that's sloppy as shit. Like, I don't even think they're playing in the same key. Like, what is happening right you now? You're going to drop some CIA videos <laughs> on them. Yeah, every Gasoline Virgins practice was, well, you know, I got a, a live recording from 76. It's not as good as 78. I'm like, Jesus Grateful Dad. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Put a bullet in my head, please. Yep. You're like, 
ready to play. Yes. No, we had to listen to that entire 45 minutes. Oh, dude, you'd have to take Damn. acid to even stomach that. <laughs> uh, we did have practices, so there was the coke practice, the shroom practice. Okay. We recorded them. <laughs> we recorded them all, so we were gonna re- we were gonna release them all as like kids buy cassettes now, which is bizarre. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so we were gonna release them as like a cassette box set, like the coke practice, the. <laughs> Mushroom practice. <laughs> the weed practice. The somebody fell asleep on the couch because we drank way too much practice. It's not a bad idea. I've been forced to do hours and hours of fucking fire on the mountain. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and friend that. of the <laughs> devil and fucking, oh man. By who? An ex's dad. Oh. That's yeah. why she's the ex? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> No, I hate the dead, and they both know that. And they were doing it on, and I know they were doing it on purpose. Sure, yeah. At that point, which is weird because one of the dude was dudes was in the electric centers, which is the furthest away you can get from the Grateful Dead. As we played three notes for twenty minutes, but man, that's like bong ripper. Uh, we were slower. Yeah. Yes. So the Electric Centers have been around for 30 years. Oh, wow. Uh, we, I shouldn't say we, I wasn't in the band at the time. They were a side project for a Boston band called Upside Down Cross. Okay. <coughs> it was a big doom band. Larry Lifeless was Fuck yeah. the dude. Um, That's a dope name for a doom band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shout out Larry Lifeless. <laughs> <laughs> so a bunch of the dudes were in the second version of Siege minus Rob. Uh, so we were just a weird doom band. Every song was 20 minutes with three to four notes in one part. It, this, like, I like Bong River. This was legitimately way, way slower. I love it. So It's we, such a niche thing. I fucking love it. It's that's like, it's like how I, I I fucking play Warhammer. That's how I feel about fucking doom metal. So this was weirdly out of all when I was in the five bands, this was the one band that everybody seemed to love. Yeah. Which made no goddamn sense. <laughs> so I think the last show one of the last shows we played was at the Cantab downstairs in Cambridge. So we used a fog machine. Generally, our shows were a fog machine, strobe lights, and another light thing. Nice. So we would usually ask before we played, is it all right if we use the, the fog machine? So Mickey Bliss, who does Can't Have Downstairs, or whatever they call downstairs, was like, yeah, that's fine. So the guitar player went crazy. Hmm. Like, you could not see fucking shit <laughs> so the one video is mickey bliss with a jacket trying to like wave magically wave the smoke out of the basement yeah uh same thing happened we played kodo and salem so they were still trying Love to that s- place so do i they were still trying to serve food and <laughs> the waitresses oh. could not find the tables talk about smoked salmon it, for, <laughs> for some reason we were huge in salem because uh, we have a bunch of friends up there but the waitresses could not find the tables because the smoke <laughs> machine was just ripping everything out. Boom. That's a riot, man. Yeah, that's a cool club. And I love sushi. So it's freaking... 
And Seattle is a nice scene. People yeah. actually come out. You yeah. Know? yeah. That's beautiful out there. Have you ever like gone down, down there for like, Halloween? I like them. I have. Yeah. Uh, we did this year. We went during the day because it's like nighttime. It's a zoo. Yeah, trying to get in and out is... Dude, I've never even been there, but my friend Carrie lives there, and she was like, she she was pissed. She was posting it on Facebook, taking pictures. She's like, I fucking live here, and she was taking pictures yeah. of like just what the street looked like. She's like, please don't fucking come here. <laughs> like you're just you're ruining it. <laughs> I no, my move. my buddy owns a record store down there, and he's always pissed. What's the record store called? Do you know? Ah, uh, Residency Records. Right on. Uh, uh guy named Bro. But he's always pissed because nobody, if you want to go, so he specializes in vinyl and like doom metal weird shit. Yeah. But if there's no place to park, nobody's going to fucking buy a record. Yeah. Yeah. And even when we went, I was like, there's people with the $50 witch hats. And I'm like, these people are fucking idiots. (laughs) Jesus. I wanted to go down there and look at the new satanic temple. Mm. Like, because they just like built one not that long ago. Have you seen that? We walked by it. Did they get the Baphomet statue out there? They did. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting looking stuff. It's a better place to go in the winter. Mm. And it's actually a great place to play in the winter. Like, like I said, people actually come out. Uh, Providence, I find, is better. Salem is better. Yeah. Boston is fun to play, but it's a pain in the balls to get anybody to actually out around here mm. fucking a do you have anything coming up with any projects that you're working on i know you said you're like writing stuff yeah right now so my plan is so i've just been writing stuff i'm gonna find a drummer to just record it do the drum tracks i'll do guitar and bass and then find a singer from there like i just don't like i said i don't want to do the practice thing like, yeah yeah, it's rigorous. Like, you know, being in a band is a dysfunctional relationship <laughs> yeah. where everybody kind of hates each other, loves <laughs> each other. You know, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Mm. Yeah, even if you love each other, it's hard to just deal with separate lives mm. and fucking, yeah. No, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, legitimately, you have to go to work, balance a band. Yeah. And go, oh, we need to practice at this time because I have to be up at the next morning at five. Yeah. And there's always inevitably the guy's like, I, I swear I'm going to be there in two hours. Sorry. <laughs> I know it was supposed to be seven. Yep. <laughs> um, I would just rather do it as projects now and kind of everybody shows up and knows what they should play yeah we'll we'll practice for you know two or three weeks if we have a show (laughs) coming up yeah uh maybe you'll get big in japan all of a sudden (laughs) you never know no europe actually gasoline virgins almost did europe yeah oh shit had covid not derailed that fuck man what part uh, so with the Gasoline Virgin, so Jay Scheffler, who's a guitar player, was in the 10-foot Polecats. They did Europe a few times. And Europe is actually easy to tour. Yeah. Because everything is yeah. close together, public transportation. Yep. So when they did it, the guitar player actually just took the neck off of his guitar, put it all in his luggage, 
Yeah. Flew it over, put it back together, and everything else was backlined. Mm, yeah. Uh, so we were, we joked about it, and then we were like, oh, fuck, we can actually do it. So let's do that. Uh, so we were supposed to record our second record at God City Studios in Salem. Oh, nice, shit. Nice. Um, with a dude who's playing bass for Death Heaven now. I am. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Chris, Chris yeah. Johnson. Chris yeah. Johnson. Yep. I'm going to talk to him about coming on the show. Um, he'll come on. He's a talented dude. Kurt on the show. So Kurt from Converge will periodically let him use God City. So yeah, that's right. God City is super expensive. It's yeah. like $1,600 a day minus an engineer or anything. Yep. Yeah, but Chris does it like cheaper, doesn't he? Yeah, so Chris was like, I'll do it. It's $500 a day. That's awesome. And we were like, all right, cool. We were like, we'll do two days. And he was like, send me what you want to do. And we had kind of done pre-production demos. And we were, we're, we're instrumental. He was like, we can get that done in a day, dude. Like, He'd do a killer job, yeah. too. And then, unfortunately, COVID hit, so everything fucking turned to shit. Is there any way to like reignite that? Uh, so virgins aren't playing, so Jay Shuffler, the guitar player, has very bad tinnitus. Oh, really? From Fuck. playing in loud bands since the early 80s. Sure. Um, so he's doing Helen and the Trash Pandas. I think their record's coming out or just came out, which is kind of, it's a cool blues thing. It's awesome a little easier on the air yeah so when they <laughs> when they practice it's like acoustic guitars and like mesh drums yeah whereas yeah. like versions not that we were ever super loud but it's still loud yeah no shit man i love it dude uh, I, yeah i wanted to talk to chris about doing some work over there with him he, he's such a busy dude, man. Like, yeah, he's another so guy. hit him up. So it's it's once or twice a year. Kurt from Converge will let him use God City. That's awesome. And he'll... I didn't realize that was like the, the He'll do it for cheap money. Yeah. Yeah, he makes fucking... Have I mean, you seen his guitars? Yes. They're all sold out. He's got like two bases on the site. I don't like his guitars. What, Chris I does? Lo- I lo- no, Kurt. Oh, yeah. Kurt, Kurt. I, it was I, at yeah, Salem. God City. Sa- yeah, or God City, Salem, whatever they yeah, call it. Yeah, God City I Instruments. Like I like them. I like some of them. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool yeah. to reignite, man. They're Europe. pretty pricey. Yeah, too much money for what they are. Right. Now, we will probably do, I think, for Gasoline Virgins, so we're, we recorded every single practice. Mm. I can always nice, track you nice. here. Yeah. I can track you here for a couple hundred bucks, so uh, whatever you want. So we may do it again. Nice. But again, it, it was a project. Yeah. It was uh, a side thing from the electric centers that just kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah. Which is again how you end up in four bands. Yeah. One just spins off into another, and dude, if there's any chance you guys could like make that happen and do something in Europe, you should. It's yeah, cool. no, I was looking forward to it. Stories for life. We'll see what happens. I saw a Nazi get his eyes gulged out. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty nuts. It's bloody. He deserves it. Yep. <laughs> 
Well, dude, we were playing at uh, some place in Germany, right? It was an anti-racist scene. It was yeah. 25 to life was there. And regardless of what people say, like, Rick is not racist. I, he got tied up with some fucking racist bullshit with some it, other dude. It always happens in that scene. Yeah, it Somehow, does. Somehow, It does, man. But, like, yeah, no, he is totally anti-racist. But he was at his merch table, you know. This fucking skinhead walks into the show. Like, legit skinhead. And, you know, shaved head, fucking suspend his boots, red laces, all of it. And he, he was wasted, and he looked around and saw other people with shaved heads, and he thought, like, they were one of him. Yeah, it was part of the scene. <laughs> yeah, these are all anti-racist skinheads, and this fucking total racist skinhead comes walking in. And, and he, I, I was walking out from the venue, like, I was going out into the hallway where the merch table was. And I saw him, like, saying shit to Rick, and Rick, I just saw Rick being like, yo, like, you should leave. Like, you should fucking leave. Yeah. And then he, like, did the Hal Hitler sign. Two dudes grabbed him, and I watched this dude take his thumbs and just fucking bury him into this dude's eyeballs. And there was, like, blood coming down his cheeks and got on the merch. It was fucking heinous. It was fucking bad. <laughs> it was one of the most violent things I've ever seen, and I've seen some shit. Ambulance picked him up, took him out. I don't even know what the fate of that dude is, but I'm sure he can't see. <laughs> well, I wild. don't agree with their ideology. No. Yeah, of course. You would think he would be smart enough to not be like, oh, this seems like a public, good, <laughs> good place for me to publicly display. In Germany. Yes. <laughs> I can't see how that's going to go wrong. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that was wild. That was wild. Even Rick, dude, he's seen everything. He was fucking shook. I mean, you have to be careful wherever you are. We were playing in Cookville, Tennessee. Yeah, Cookville, Tennessee. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> Shout out Cookville. <laughs> yes. So the next morning, we went out to breakfast, and my girlfriend, who was a singer, was wearing a dress that would be normal for up here. She was busty, but it wasn't like she was dressed like a stripper or anything. Sure. We're eating breakfast, and everybody's looking at us. Oh, no. And the waitress is like, they just all go to other church. <laughs> You're showing some cleavage, and we're like, oh, fuck. Oh, like, no. You guys aren't from around here. No. There's like 45 people that live in Cookville. <laughs> Just fucking over easy, please. Yes. <laughs> Just get me the fuck out of here as quickly as you can, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, man. Cookville, Tennessee. Oh, right. yes. Wow. <laughs> yes, there's an IHOP, a Golden Corral, and the oh my June God. Ranch. Dude, yeah, that's, that's a th I saw maps of, like, you know, fast food <laughs> concentration. Yeah. Like, just of fucking garbage restaurants. And they were all, like, you know, down there and fucking in all the places you figure they would be. <laughs> well, Jeff Foxworthy is the spokesman for Golden Corral. Is he? Aww. Yes. They stopped playing the commercials up here. <laughs> but it's still going strong yes. down there. <laughs> it's like... I have a fake southern accent. It's like fucking... Oh, you think it's fake? Oh, it's definitely... He said it. It's the same as Larry the Cable Guy. It's all fucking fake bullshit. He's an actor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's an actor, guys. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Again, God love him. He's made his money, no, but it's all fucking God fake. God shouldn't yeah. love what they've done no. with comedy. No, they've ruined comedy. <laughs> 
Dude, well, you mentioned earlier that you, your dad was a deadhead and a tape uh, trader. Yes, unfortunately for me. <laughs> so, well, what what were you, what were what got you into music? Like, what were your main influences growing up? Like, what pushed you into the direction of being the passionate guy you are now? Uh, so cell phone break here. <laughs> Hitting up the missus. Girlfriend? Is that a yeah. Girlfriend? Yes, it is. Hey. Uh, do what you gotta do. <laughs> no, it was one of those weird things. So, you know, Grateful Dead thing, whatever. And then That's I w- good exposure, though. And then I was at a certain age. Like, at some point, you get to a point where you're like, oh, fuck you, old man. I'm gonna find my own music. Yeah. And my sister was at the age of, like, Nirvana and Jane's Addiction. Bad religion. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I was young enough where I didn't really know what any of the lyrics meant, but I liked the intensity, liked all of that. Fuck yeah. And I wanted to play bass, and my dad was like, oh, you're not playing bass. Why? Because you don't want to play bass by yourself if you're practicing by yourself. Okay. You don't want to play bass. Okay. Uh, So somebody across the street was having a yard sale. They had shitty guitar and a keyboard amp for like 20 bucks nice so bought that and then next thing you know how old were you uh 12 at that point and like i grew up in a small neighborhood so one of my friends jay who i still play with to this day he was like i'm gonna play bass our friend matt was gonna play drums because his brother was a drummer and had the drum set um so that's kind of how it started. We just kind of kicked around the neighborhood in nice. whoever's garage. What town? Brockton. Yeah. Oh, so you grew up in Brockton. Oh, yes. Born and raised. Okay. Lucky right me. On. Right on. Uh, and that's kind of how it started. And then I kind of played with the same four to five people. What were you guys playing? Uh, punk rock yeah. back then. Uh, probably actually not even punk rock. I think Nirvana covers. Yeah. And we weren't good at that. We knew, like, half of every Nirvana song. <laughs> Aneurysm, was that one of them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I played that at, like, a fifth grade talent yes. show once. <laughs> that's cool. No, yeah. that's awesome, man. And then it just it grew into what it is now. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah, When you say Jay, Jane. No, Jay okay. Sylvia. Different Jay. Okay, okay. Uh, so Jay Sylvia, who was in Force of Habit and uh, Everyday Strength. What did he do ago. in Force of Habit? He was the bass player. They were like a. They were one of the first backyard shows I saw. Yeah, so it would have been. That was supposed to be a really cool bill, and half the bands didn't show up. I think the guy that booked it lied. Shocking. <laughs> it was in Hanson. I won't drop any names, but he's like, yeah, Toxic Narcotics going to be there. And he named like all these fucking bands. Toxic Narcotics. <laughs> shocking. I, I liked them. So did I, but shocking they would not show up. Yeah, no, they didn't show up. I don't even know if they were ever notified they were playing. <laughs> but man, a bunch of people showed up, and the Force of Habit played, and uh, they were good. It was, yeah. it was cool. And they did a they did a faith they covered Epic by Faith yeah. No More and it was it was awesome, um, that was a good time you know, Just young kids moshing in a backyard yeah. and getting dirty and shit, it was cool. No, those it's those guys <laughs> were kicking around for years. 
Because, of course, I have it. I think Jeff Schaefer on guitar. Destruction. Yeah, Jeff Burr on vocals, <laughs> Greg Gillis on drums, Jay Sylvia on bass, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was fun, man. Had Toxic been there, how would you feel about it? That would have been awesome. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. It would have been fucking violent. I or mean, a train wreck. It could have gone yeah, either way, I mean, yeah, realistically. A violent train wreck, even. <laughs> I don't even think, like, the young kids that were there at the time, myself included, would have, like, handled that any other way than no. getting out of hand. <laughs> it's like Cryptopsy coming to the fucking VFW. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. For oh, that's, sure. A, that's a name I haven't heard in forever. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are those dudes up to nowadays? Have they put anything out recently? Probably 2018. Really? Mm-hmm. That reason? Uh, maybe that I no reason. Idea. I know. I, I feel s- like that's a band. Actually, Cannibal Corpse has had a fairly stable lineup, all things considered. But most most bands in that genre, it seems like Rob Barrett or they just switch members. Like Morbid Angels had 15,000 members. They had a single in 2018. They were Canadian, right? Uh, Are they? I think they're Canadian. I didn't know that. I don't trust them. (laughs) Those beady-eyed bastards. (laughs) They're free healthcare. Them and their blast beats and free healthcare. Well, it's still kind of relevant. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. That's off the 2018. Yeah. Holy shit. called uh the book of suffering tome two and tome one tome, yeah i was gonna tome, say it. there's a part one tome one was 2015 they were full wow. they were five songers four songs wow tome two has four tracks god i don't hate what i just heard i actually kind of want to go listen to it later <laughs> i'm always like i mean after whisper supremacy for supremacy i kind of fell off but I'm a Lord Worm guy. I'm out. I go back to the classic Cryptopsy. That's what I know. Yeah. We used to practice next to a death metal band. Stillborn originally and changed the name to Terrorism. <laughs> but they were big Cryptopsy fans. It's probably the late 90s. In Austin. As far as like death, like shit like that, one of my first was like Nile. Yeah. I fucking fell in love with that. Mm. From Georgia. Yep. <laughs> a, an Egyptian death metal band from uh, they, Georgia. Didn't, uh, didn't they just do something recently? Th- yeah, they're still playing. Yeah. Um, I think one of the members have passed away. I'm not sure, but they're still doing shit. No shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I like heard their name not that long ago, and I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, they've always been fucking tight. Yeah. Yeah, the drum is insane, too. Well, the guitar player, the main dude, was it Kyle? Is it Kyle? I think. I but he plays, like, shot. double neck guitars. Like, they're, they got crazy shit going on. <laughs> Kyle from Nile. <laughs> Kyle from Nile. <laughs> <laughs> so you formed your band. You were, you were growing up in Brockton. You guys started doing Nirvana covers Carl. and shit. Carl. Something like that. Carl Sanders. When did you start playing shows? 
Uh, 16. 16. Uh, so... When, you were, like, you were getting at it, like, young. So when we were looking for shows, so that band, Seven Days Extinct, me and the, I think the drummer was 15, it's my friend Greg, I was 16, so I drove him back and forth because I was the one with the car and a license. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the other two dudes were in their 20s. Uh and back then, it was kind of like before the heart, like the whole hardcore explosion. Yeah. So I just ended up renting the VFW in Canton. And then I think this was America Online days. Yeah. So just yeah, like yeah, yeah. IM'd or whatever you AOL <laughs> chatted. Yeah. So I think it was my band, Shed from Providence, Drained, and Rebound. Booked the show myself. Nice. Uh, called it a day. Played it. I think we played one other show in Lynn on Easter that the promoter swore was going to be packed because it was Easter and nobody had anything to do. Oh, it? here we go. What yeah. was this place called? What was this place called? I forget. It was so long ago. We played in Lynn once. I think like two people showed up. It was fucking terrible like <laughs> with that band or was it lowell what us did we play in it was me in you and i or or jamie and i's band the sharpshooters jfk and the sharpshooters hmm. i think we might play in lynn i don't remember i know back in like the early 2000s lynn had some pretty good bands of that area hardcore bands mostly I don't think well, I played in this. You gotta be fucking hardcore. <laughs> this might have been an Elk. Yeah. I think it was like an Elk's Lodge or something. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it wasn't It was like a club club. The Lynn Elks, huh? Maybe, yeah. It could have been a show like that. Yeah. But you got that rush when you played live, even if it was front of two people? Did you get, did you get any kind of feeling that wanted... Not back then. No. I think now I appreciate it more than I appreciate it back then yeah yeah it's just a love of it yeah like i so now i don't care how many people are there yeah. but back then i was like oh my god sure, yeah yeah what are we doing here yeah. <laughs> at that point i still thought i was going to be famous like <laughs> playing shitty poorly written songs but um now i appreciate it more <gasps> yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter who I'm playing to or how many people yeah, I'm yeah. playing to. Yeah. Nah, man, well, I'm like, I'm really glad we got you to come on and share some stories and just talk about music. Oh, what's my friend? I've been talking to you for a few years and you're, you're super fucking passionate and you're like everything we do the show about, you know? Balance, oh, thank balance. you. Thank you for having me. Dude, it's, you know, balancing jobs and playing in bands and you know, the dating lives and just, just trying to keep it all in a balance yeah. to your passions. I have a whole shit storm going on when I get home. Sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that uh, don't cool? apologize. Uh, I, I do, though. I do. No, she'll, she'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, Such man. is life. Yeah, such is life for sure, man. I, uh, uh, it's good, man. It's good to get you and uh, other people in here that think like-minded and talk about what we love to do, which is music, you know? It's fucking, it's good. It's I, I I get therapy. I get therapy every time I'm here. It's like no, it's 
even what I was trying to tell her, I'm like, dude, this is what I do. Yeah. You're either, I guess, on board or not. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> there's going to be some nights where I disappear for eight hours because I'm playing guitar, doing this, doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Is what it is. Hey, man, she supports it. She's the one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Yeah, I we'll, appreciate it. would love to do it again sometime. Yeah, of course. Anytime. I always enjoy talking to you, so I'm glad we get to do it on the show. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, man. Cryptopsy. Cryptopsy.